0: Transplaner RPG is proudly sponsored by at Dimitri Opines on Twitter. That is at D-M-I-T-R-Y-O-P-I-N-E-S. And Explain Trade, a negotiation skills training consultancy believing in the power of D&D and Transplaner's potential to grow, tell great stories, and lift up our community. Explain Trade trains negotiators for governments, big companies, NGOs, and offers e-learning courses for individuals looking to get a better deal from their boss. Level up your charisma score and check out Hey Transplaner friends! You're listening to The Hounds of Mercy vs. Mercy's Seven Evil Exes and All of Andake, an eight-part miniseries set in Andake that follows four shattered monster hunters in the wake of the Cataclysm. Jaron Codder, the Dragonborn Rogue, is played by Hamna Shahid. Siblali, the Changeling Cleric, is played by Quinn B. Rodriguez. Gentle, the Triton Monk, is played by Dare Hickman. And the GMing is by yours truly, Connie Chong. Toss us a follow on Twitter by consulting the show notes. Without further ado, here are the content warnings for this particular episode. Content warnings for this episode include fantasy violence, blood, flirting, romance, sexual innuendos, descriptions of sexual entanglements, emotional manipulation, Mind Control, and Toxic Relationships. Mist, cold, wet, dense, rolls across the black tongue, blanketing the river in heavy layers of fog. Tangled roots of mangrove, thick trunks of cypress, and crooked fingers of gray maple dominate the swamp, their blackened silhouettes blotting out the early morning light. Green scum thickens the surface of the water. All around you is the pungent, earthy smell of decay, the trilling of crickets, the croaking of bullfrogs. A ripple slices the water, then the prow of a covered boat cuts through the scum. Drawn, Gentle, and Sitlali, the three of you are seated inside this raft. Mercy stands at the stern, driving the boat with a single long oar, alternating sides. The four of you reach the court of ravens a number of days ago, following Unmei's water as well as Ravi's revelation. A question now hangs between you, heavier than the fog that surrounds you. Is Oka the paragon of Sen? There's another problem too. As soon as the three of you crossed into the court, leaving the rugged red rock of the Badlands behind, you encountered rumors. Scared whispers, terrified looks, muttered prayers, hushed talk of a phenomenon the locals call the profane undeath. Ever since the cataclysm, the people of the court have been unable to die. To make things worse, people have been taking advantage of the undeath you've also heard news of a group of Nabalians organizing a so-called derelict death derby, a no-holds-barred race down the Black Tongue, across the Boundary Waters to the south, and through the dangerous Raven's Eye whirlpool. The winner is guaranteed an audience with Atalanta, the champion of Nabal. As all of this roils around in your mind, mercy, navigates the boat around a jagged cluster of cypress and knees, and she slaps a dragonfly out of her face. The bug whirls through the air and hits the water. Ugh! blessed bugs. And that's about when another raft passes yours. Perhaps 30 feet away, it's four passengers obscured by heady mist. Mercy's brow crinkles. The hand on her oar stalls for just a heartbeat. I mean, you've passed plenty of other boats already at this point in your journey, but something about this one calls to her. Her one good eye settles on the massive silhouette driving the other raft, even from this distance. They have to be at least seven feet tall, maybe eight feet, but their features are impossible to make out. Then the mist thickens and the other raft vanishes. Mercy shrugs. She turns back to the water and continues paddling south toward Blackspire, the Obsidian Castle, and the Seat of Power in the Court of Ravens where the four of you are almost certainly guaranteed answers. Though, uh, speaking of the four of you, Jaron, Gentle, and Sitlali, why don't we take some time now for you all to tell me what you've been up to during this entire travel sequence to the court and now on the Black Tongue, and what you're doing now in the boat. Let's start with Geron
1: I think during all of this time on the boat, Geron has, I think, made it a point to avoid Sitlali in particular. I think they've been spending quite a lot of time with Gentle throughout all of this mess since the cataclysm. I think Geron has been neglecting his friendship with Gentle a little bit. And so he has come to realize that and has come to feel a little bit bad about that. And so they have made it a point to spend a lot of time with Gentle and try to sort of, you know, check in, see how Gentle's doing. And so I think right now in this moment, as we're coming onto the courts, maybe John is like on his way to go and talk to Gentle.
0: Okay. Speaking of Gentle, I think we're going to pan over, like from like John's like maybe fretful brow. Maybe you've got like, how, how is this anxiety and like worry like coming through physically?
1: I think Joran's hands have been shaking a lot lately, like it's been kind of difficult to wield weapons per se, uh, which is not so great when your literal profession is a hunter and a monster hunter, so I think he's been sort of experiencing a little bit of like hand tremors. Mmm, okay,
0: yeah, your hands are trembling a bit, your brow is heavy as you turn to look at Gentle. What have you been up to during this entire sequence of travel, and what are you doing now in the boat?
2: I think I've been spending more and more time focusing on Bud and probably just preparing as many little remedies and salves and things as I can. It gives me an excuse to just sort of get some space and work on that without saying a whole lot.
0: Okay. I think at this point, it's been like a few weeks, I think, since we've last seen the hounds. Bud has been growing Alright, Bud is bigger now. I'm I think they're almost at the stage where they won't fit in the baby bjorn. Like so like the, the last few days, like their their front legs have been just like sticking out, you know, and they have no mobility because like they're getting a bit chonky and they're maybe like as big as your torso, if not like slightly bigger than it, but they're still like considered a puppy by direwolf standards, right? And their, their face is starting to like grow, their ears are really big, but their face is starting to grow into it. And like their little like wet nose at the top of their like snout is, is sniffing and their eyes are like flickering everywhere and they're like taking in the mist. As Mercy slaps the dragonfly down, they go and try to like bark and like like snap at it, right? But they're still attached to your front. And as they lurch for it, I think, um. It's with like heft. Like they're packing on muscle now, right? They were the runt of the litter, but even the runt of a dire wolf litter is pretty dang big for a wolf. What do you do?
2: I think it's time. I think it's time to to let to let him walk. My baby's all grown up, not all grown up, but he's getting there. Go let him move with me. He can start learning how to hunt. Just a little.
0: Is it time to unstrap the baby Bjorn and let him roam, fr- roam free? It is okay uh yeah so you unclip the baby bjorn uh and bud falls right to the to the bottom of the boat and like freezes, tail like erect looking around sniffing has never had this amount of freedom before when it was not at a campsite and looks for like a moment like not sure what to do with this like newfound independence and then like they turn to look up at you and they sit and their tail slaps the ground uh, and they they like look up with you look at you with these like big glimmering eyes and they put paws on top of your torso to get uppies back into the bjorn
2: you're getting a little too big for it buddy <clears throat> i i'm i'm promise it's not going to fit as well as you think it is we can we can work on getting you like some sort of like coat that feels like the bjorn but it's getting too big
0: Bud's tail angrily slaps uh, around uh, on the boat and hits Sitlali in the thigh, I think. So now we're going to transition over to Sitlali. Why don't you tell us what you've been up to during this travel sequence and what you're now doing in the boat?
3: I think since they started heading towards the court, the color has slowly bled out of Sitlali. Started with the hair and then the rest of their features kind of match and the hair got shorter and their eyes were the last to go. Normally the, they're that bright pink inside the black scleras. And I think they too finally go like this, not quite black, but like a deep gray. So eventually you have like this monochrome version of them that none of you have ever seen before. And they are a changeling who likes to change quite a bit. And you can safely assume that this might be closer to what they looked like when they lived at the court. And, you know, uh, if Mercy's, like, had any free time ever, um, they've probably been engaging in extracurriculars, it's safe to say. But, you know, casually, no big thing. I'm second in command. Deal with that.
0: Oh my god. Uh, okay, I I still don't know if Mercy's officially named or named anyone the second-in-command yet, uh, but you have certainly been engaged in continuous uh, extracurricular activities with the leader of your group. Yes, you have. Uh, okay, so I think on Bud's tail, like slapping this different-looking Sitlali, right, with, like, pure white hair that's shorter, like, the eyes are different, like, some of, like, you know, the coloring on your armor looks different even. Uh, we're gonna pan up to Mercy, uh, who continues to row this boat. Listen, it's not our job, it's not our business, to stick our noses in this undeath and this derby, you got it? I mean, it sounds interesting, not gonna lie. I'm not going to forbid you from talking about it, but we, we don't have time to pick up another mission.
2: Why not we help on the way?
0: <sighs> There's people in need everywhere. I'm going to assume that the Dexi of the courts know what they're doing and are investigating the situation, if not immediately taking care of it.
3: If the Dexi are anything like I remember them, they're not. And how long ago do you remember the Dexi? How long ago do you remember the Dexi? Ah,
0: long enough. Which one did you sleep with? Excuse me? You
3: You have exes in every single nation. Mercy. Which one did you sleep with? Do I know them? (sighs)
0: It, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter,
3: all right? It what, usually what, does.
0: What matters is I have a friendly, friendly, I know, I know, surprising, but I promise, friendly contact at Black Spire, all right? And I don't need you all bringing your judgy faces and your assumptive noses into this negotiation, understand? So no, I won't tell you which one I've slept with, because it doesn't matter. Is it more than one person? N- what? No, no. Okay. It, I can tell you that much. It was not more
1: than one person. Do we need to do this here? Right Thank now? Thank you, Jerron. Where else would we do it, Jerron? Do you really want me to answer that question? Woof!
2: Thank you, bud. Arf! I think we should get bud a, a coat. He's getting bigger. What do you guys think?
1: Yeah, I think we could probably uh, go find some nice pelts for, for bud. Not not wolf pelts, obviously. That's weird.
2: I mean, it doesn't have to be any, like, necessarily fur. Just something that makes them feel comfortable and also maybe helps them in the rain.
1: How are bird feathers in the rain? Depends and I think Jerome is bird. asking Sidlali. Quinn doesn't know the answer to that, but
3: Sidlali certainly <laughs> would. Uh, I can tell you what Sidlali would know. Uh, specifically <laughs> in the
0: Court of Ravens, there's a lot of, like, uh, bird feather armor. Uh, and mm-hmm. the feathers are either like enchanted or like treated with a special like um, a poultice that gives them like uh, resistance to water, uh, makes them oily against water and blood and slashing and piercing and bludgeoning damage. Right? Uh, usually a combination of both like magical and mundane means.
1: So Alex says all of that, sounding very bored. Yes. Okay, gentle. Hear me out. I know. I know you said no last time, but battle dog. <sighs>
2: he's still he's still young. i I'm going to start teaching him the basics of hunting, but I worry about
1: him well, what are you worried about?
2: I just I, I think I just sort of go blank for a second thinking about how how I came to be Bud's parent in the first place. Um, uh, it's fine. Are you sure? It's fine. I'm doing okay.
1: I think Geron like takes a hand and like gently pats, gentle on the back. We don't have to do the battle dog thing if you don't want to. I just think a dog in armor is kind of cool.
2: I think for now, I like the idea of him helping people, and if battle is the best way for him to do it, that works. But also scouting, tracking, just basic hunting—he doesn't necessarily have to get into the thick of the thick of it
1: defensive armor not to attack but to protect bud
2: now that i can't agree on
1: i just really want to get bud some armor
2: i think that's a good idea
1: okay so it's settled then when we get to the courts mercy we need to we need to find some dog armor you got dog armor money
2: i mean do you have you been paying us properly
1: (sighs) i
0: provide lodging i provide room and board uh, which is why the cut of gold I've been giving you recently has been rather diminished.
1: I think we may need to go back to the bargaining table. We're here. Uh, at <laughs> <and> Mercy, <laughs> Mercy guides your boat
0: up a Western tributary, right? Uh, leaving this main vein of the Black Tongue behind. And here the river thins, and the banks on either side press closer and closer like a lover's embrace. And you see hanging leaves of willow trees dangling above your heads, caressing the tarp of your boat. You even see settlements starting to pop up as you start to travel down this tributary. Built into the nature around you, jungle homes carved from bark, half-sunken towns, hamlets nestled in the shade of massive growing mushrooms even. And eventually, these willows part. And the swamp ends at the bottom of a massive hill. This giant slope, a mile easily of gray dirt, craggy grass, and mist-slick rock paints the side of this slope all the way up to Blackspire, the capital of the Court of Ravens. At the peak of this slope, which is known as the Raven's Throat, a humble township clusters in front of the Obsidian Castle. The Obsidian Castle is the seat of power of Blackspire, where the eye of the Courts meet to talk about important stuff. This castle juts into the sky, resembling black daggers stitched together by even blacker leather somehow, shot through with these twisting branches and vines and thorns. The obsidian castle is all sharp edges and looming solemnity, fog and thistle, darkness and thorn. It sits at the very edge of the raven's throat overlooking the frigid Sigir Nisi well over a thousand feet straight down into the plunging rocks below. The defining feature of the Obsidian Castle, which you can see from even a mile down, is the Tree of Death and Life. A massive, gnarled, weeping cypress tree over a hundred feet tall, around which the entire castle is built. Legends from the court even say that the tree of death and life was planted at the peak of the raven's throat back when Andake was first created. The roots of this tree are embedded into the cliff itself and extend all the way down to the Sigirni, where it drinks the brackish surf for nourishment. It's an ancient, ancient tree. And now, We pan down from the obsidian castle, from the tree, uh, from Black Spire itself, down this gray, dirted slope, back to the three of you. Mercy docks your boat at the edge of this swamp, one eye fixed on this castle a mile in the distance. She hops off the raft uh, into this knee-to-thigh-deep swamp murk, and she starts sloshing onto the marshy shore while tugging the boat along on a rope. Black Spire Peak, the raven's throat. There it is. Been a few years. Is it still like you
3: remember it? Huh. Trust me, 10 years have changed nothing. What is lonely feeling <laughs> right now?
0: You can feel lonely thrumming inside your soul with a mixture of this like seething, ever-present, I think, clinginess. Like, it's always holding on to you in some way. Even Mm -hmm. when you're alone, you're never truly alone with Lonely. And also anticipation. It's excited
1: for you to get in there and uh, claim what's rightfully yours, I think. Does Sitlali look like, is any of that internal excitement for what's about to happen? Is that coming out in any way for Sitlali? Sitlali has
3: always talked shit about the court and avoided talking about the fact that they are from there when they can avoid it. So, the fact that she looks ecstatic to be there is probably weird, but I think they are they are not trying to hide it. They are thrilled to be home for some reason.
1: I think in that case, Joan is just going to elbow gentle a little bit and just kind of whisper down I, I just had imagine gentle being shorter than John. I don't actually know if that's true or not. Um, uh like five ten yes. Okay, then it's just going to kind of, like, whisper down. Do do you think St. Lolly's okay?
2: Um, let me also clarify. Gentle is taller, but gentle slouches. This is the most excited I've ever seen them, I'll be honest.
1: I know, and that concerns me.
2: Yeah, I don't know if going home is good or bad for them, and maybe we should try to check in without poking too much because yeah. they lash out a little
1: yeah about that i don't think i'm the person that should check in with them maybe if you can that do it
2: maybe yeah uh, I'll, uh, I'll 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 try i i keep trying they're hard to crack
1: yeah 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 you're telling me i would like to th- to point out
3: to the gm that my passive perception is 23
1: Yes, it is.
0: Uh, gentle and drawn, are you trying to... We're speaking in
3: morosi.
2: <laughs> we can do that.
0: We're speaking oh in morosi. You have no idea what we're saying. Power move. So, Silali, so, you can make an insight check to see what they're whispering about through tonal inflection and, like, maybe how they're, like, sneaking glances at you, if you would like.
1: To be fair, we did also use their name. So, like, I feel like that you can probably pick up. thirty twenty. You have no idea what the subject matter is, but it's about you. <laughs> I have ears. That's nice. They're
3: quite good.
2: Do you know Marozzi?
3: Wouldn't you like to know? I know that they don't. Don't worry. If you have something to say, you can say it to my face.
2: I, you're is smiling it? a lot. I'm a little worried. You're, you're home, and you never liked to talk about home?
3: Well, no, but I didn't have exciting news to bring home before.
2: You have exciting news? Why haven't you told us?
3: And I think they shoot a look at Mercy of like, hmm, I've said too much. Help?
0: Uh, It's just, um, uh, there's there's something that Sitlali would like to confirm. That's all. You're not planning on telling the courts about. Huh? What? About what? About what? What are you talking about?
2: I need that, a little insight somewhere in all of this.
0: That's the news, right?
1: What news are you what news are you implying? You know that? what? Never mind. You know what? Never mind. What is your news, Sitlali? What are you trying to confirm? Isn't it more fun if it's a surprise?
2: No. We keep getting surprised. I would like one thing that's just honest and upfront.
3: Mercy gets to do all of the surprising, and I would and like to do it. It's not fun one.
2: for us. We don't like it when she does that.
3: No, but I think I'm starting to see why she does it. It's kind of fun. Yes, it is fun when they suck it up and just take it. Ahem. You'd know a lot about that, wouldn't you? I, um. We're here.
2: Uh- <laughs> covered Bud's Pierce. <laughs>
3: But I think
0: Bud is like trotting along next to you and is like not used to being out of the baby born, but has been looking between all of you as you've been talking and it's been uh, gentle. You are suddenly struck with the horrifying suspicion that Bud understands every single word of what people are saying oh. Continues didn't to trot along. I think this entire conversation has been happening while you've been like trudging up the slope. Like you sort of have been hiking like, like The beads of water that are clinging to your armor and your clothes from the swamp are almost starting to, like, evaporate as the mist starts to give way, as the sunless light starts to really roll in and sear some of this dewy fog from the grass, uh, at this point, the swamp below you is like a distant memory. You can see a tiny little toy boat version of the raft you left behind sort of floating in the surf, uh, lashed to the knee of a nearby uh, cypress, cypress tree. And now, as Mercy says, we're here. She wipes like a thin layer of sweat from her brow as the four of you take in the township of Blackspire at the peak of this hill. All things considered... It's pretty small. Black Spire is the smallest capital of the eight capitals in all of Andake. Like it's even smaller than some like mid-sized towns of Talmud and the Championship and Jukai and stuff. There's probably only like a thousand people who live here, right? Um, And like the, the homes here are sort of like carved out of trees that grow at the peak of the raven's throat. Some of these trees are pretty dang big, but none of them are as big as the tree of death and life, like at the very back of the town. You see kids running around playing playground games with sticks they found in sort of like uh, the the forest floor uh, that- with a thin covering of leaves on on the grassy earth beneath you. Uh, You see elders tending to gardens, tending to several rows of flowers and vegetation. You see adults and youth strolling amongst, you know, the nature the greenery. I think what strikes all of you is how interconnected with the natural world even at the peak of the raven's throat these people are 50% of the activity here is probably spent like watering plants trimming dead branches off um taking care of the moss and like the little animals and insects that nestle within the bark and as the four of you crest you know the, the top of the peak and it sort of evens out here at the very summit a couple of the people on the fringes of the township pause and turn to look at you like, with, with interest, because you get the sense that not a lot of people visit Black Spire. Not a lot of outsiders do, especially in the wake of the Cataclysm.
1: What do you do? I think Joran is just going to let Sitlali and, like, Mercy take the lead, because they clearly have been here before and are very familiar with the scenery, with the people, etc. So I think, yeah, Joran's just going to kind of, like, take a step back and let them let them handle things. Okay. I am looking like I own the damn place. <laughs> ha ha! Said a question for you. Is this where
0: you grew up? Did you grow up in Blackspire or did you move here? I think so. Okay. Did you grow up in the Obsidian Castle or did you grow up in the township and later
3: did like some training stuff in the castle? I think most of their childhood, I think it might have been at the castle. Okay. Because right. she was like a, she was like a protege, like of a certain okay. someone. Um, so.
0: Okay. Yeah. All right. But your parents, I need to know. You decide. Uh Do they live in the castle with you or do they live in the township? The township. Okay. And how similar would you say do you look to how you left a number of years
3: ago? This is exactly how I looked when I left, except, you know, like age. But I think not terribly. It's the same.
0: (laughs) Okay. Thank you for telling me. As Sitlali leads your party, like, through, like, the main thoroughfare of this town, right? With these, like, the shade of, like, gnarled branches, uh, modeling your skin as you walk toward, uh, the Obsidian Castle. Those of you unaccustomed to raven's speech, that would be gentle and drawn. Hear what sounds like, like, the murmuring, the chittering of birds all of a sudden? Uh, yes, go ahead. I can speak Raven speech. Oh, thank you for telling me. I guess it's just gentle then. Uh, gentle. You and Bud's ears perk up, like Bud's looking around very attentively. Uh, hear like birds suddenly, like bird song, like swell up. Uh, and you're like looking for the source of it. It takes you a beat to realize it's the people, like murmuring and talking to each other. Uh, and that raven speech just sort of sounds like birdsong to someone who doesn't speak it or doesn't understand it, and they're sort of like talking to each other, very openly gossiping about you in their language, and like staring as you're as you're passing and those of you who understand raven speech here outsiders outsiders, there look, but that isn't that the priestess she's back, they're back. who's that tall one, scarred, dangerous weapons are they from no way, the derby danger. And like these like words are just sort of peppering, uh, peppering the rumors and gossip swirling around because Raven's speech is very da da-da, da almost like a woodpecker pecking on bark. Yeah,
2: mask on, I am slouching a little lo- or like crouching a little bit more to just make myself feel less uh, seen and perceived.
0: Okay. Uh, Sitlali, how are you taking all of this in stride? You could hear people gossiping about you. A couple start to seem to recognize you.
3: I think the most anyone gets out of them is like a regal kind of wave. Are you doing the thing? Are
0: mm-hmm. you twisting
3: your hand like a little
0: mannequin? Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay.
3: Yeah. They are Mercy- hot shit coming in. <laughs> <laughs> Paragon of the Raven Queen after all. So,
0: Okay. That's the energy you're bringing into the scene. Uh, Mercy walks abreast you and sort of leans down to sort of like whisper in your ear. Are hey, you doing Okay. I'm fantastic, how are you? (laughs) honestly, a little nervous. I told Jaron and Gentle that, uh, you know, my ex and I are are on good terms and I'm pretty sure we are, but, sorry, this is your day, I'll let it be your day. It can be our day. No, 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 this feels very much decidedly like a
3: your day thing. Yes, it does, doesn't it? Yep.
0: Uh, and mercy's gonna lean away uh, as bud trots along like very like bud is loving it bud's little nose is going his little tails wagging he's loving these sights and sounds uh until eventually i think the gates of the obsidian castle pull into view these are like famous huge like They're not wrought iron, they're wood painted black. Or rather, they're made of, like, the same black wood that the Tree of Death and Life is made from. Uh, And the gate itself seems to have been shaped by druids or rangers with some sort of, like, nature magic. These were roots or branches that have been, like, carved from magic to form, like, huge gates uh, that block off the castle from the rest of the township. There are no guards, is something you notice. But I think two people... Do like step out from the crowd that are murmuring and looking at you and sit, Lolly, these are your parents whom you haven't seen in like a number of years. And they're going to step out from like. Somewhere in the township, they're draped in the humble, like, black and white robes of, like, worshippers of the Raven Queen. And, like, you notice your mother's hands look more weathered than the last time you saw them. Like, the veins protrude more on the backs of her hands, and they're shaking a little. Uh, Perhaps, like, uh, the kind of arthritis she had is developing worse since you last saw her. And your parent has, like, an arm around her, and, like, they're... Their hairline has receded a little bit more. Their eyes are wide, right? And they're, like, holding your mother closest. They they step out from the crowd. And your parents says, Child, is that... Is it... Could it be? It is. But I... We... You... You're back. How? Why? They're here to... Reclaim their place as a priestess of the Raven Queen now, after the vanishing.
3: Now is the time, isn't it, a child? I am more than that, mother, I believe. What?
0: More? Child, who are these people with you? Friends. A posse, if you will. I don't understand. You come back after eight, nine years of silence? You, you roll in here with these
3: outsiders, you... Why? Haven't you heard? The paragons are waking. Pa- paragons? And at this, like, a
0: chorus of chittering, like, spreads through the township. Because I think, like, a small crowd has formed around the gates to listen of your tale. And to, like, see what's happening. And shit, paragon, 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 paragon. They're all, like, looking at you. What do you mean, darling? It...
3: What, have you... F- what is this? And I think they just sort of stretch their hand out and, like, uh, cast light, and it's that same, like, dark, brackish sort of energy that's very, like, divine. Okay. I think there's, like, a chorus of gasps,
0: you know, as this, like, little magical feat is performed. And your mother, huh, huh, she reels back, and your 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 parent catches them. And your mother goes, I, I can't believe it, you... You had magics before, of course, but all of our clerics, even some of the Dexai, even the, the barons and the marquesses of of the castle have lost their connection to, uh, to the Raven Queen. How, how is this possible? How, how is this miracle, H- how? And she's actually gonna like stumble forward, like shrugging off your parent's
3: arm and try to reach for your hand. I think I take my hand back. Uh, child i don't understand when i left here you told me i would be welcome only as a visitor never as family do you remember that day
0: i i and your mother like casts her gaze down but your parent is the one who steps forward because i think they're the one who said that to you not Mm -hmm. your mother they step forward uh, and you see like some sweat rolling down the side of their like now kind of wrinkled temple and their mouth is sort of set in this hard line across their jaw. I do. We both remember. And we both stand by it. Once you turn away from the path of the raven queen, once you spurn her as the way you did, you cannot so easily take her
3: back. I believe I am her paragon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what? Did you sit Lolly Paragon? This is the surprise? No,
3: you're you're joking, right? I think Sitlali very pointedly annoys, I- ignores Juron.
0: Your your friends, your so-called posse, are not even aware We're of friends. this. Uh, this is in Raven's speech, gentle. So, <laughs> unfortunately, maybe you could like you could you could pick up on maybe like the disdainful tone, so you know that this parent is not saying anything nice. I'll um, say
1: it for gentle
0: oh, friends, gentle. not posse. Aww. I also assume that Jaron maybe has been like translating, like on the DL to gentle while this has been happening. Um. <laughs> child, child, you have always been talented. One of our best, the best, even perhaps, after Leaf. But to call yourself a paragon, I don't know by what dark pact or dark magics. You have obtained in order to retain the use of your powers. But Paracon, those are children's stories. There's no way you could. And your mother actually holds up a hand to, to stop your parent. Sidlali,
3: how do you know? They just put a hand over their chest. And I think if I can take some some flavor liberties, I think that like their sort of aura is being like augmented a little bit by lonely in this moment because it is such a powerful moment so i think that they like sit Lally in general just has kind of like an outline of that brackish magic just kind of like bubbling and bursting around them like simmering that's the word simmering and they put a hand on their chest and say i hold something of hers inside of me
4: in inside of you what do you
0: mean like a shard of her She's not gone? She's she's still here? Have the gates opened for me, mother. Ha <laughs> child. You and I both know the only way to open the obsidian gates are to see if you are worthy. And what that means is like you would have to like put your hands on the gates. And if you if you're a magic user or whatever, there's some magical way that they open, right? Like they would they would open for anyone mm-hmm. that the castle would
3: allow in. Then I will just kind of smile tersely at my parent and then i think maybe start to extend a hand to my mother and then think better of it and take it back again and then i will turn and go to the gates okay as
0: you turn and go to the gates the crowd of people like part for you right they're like Murmuring, 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 but no one's gonna get in your way. It's every denizen of the court's right to try their their metal at the gates. They can't take that from you. Uh, so as you like step forward toward it, like the murmuring around you sort of mounts as people are like whispering, "Paragon, Paragon." There's no way, right? Could they be the Paragon? The Paragon, Paragon, Paragon. And that word keeps repeating over and over and over again in the murmuring and the chittering of the masses as you stride up to these massive, like, 30-foot-tall gates, right? And you can feel, like, the weave tighten around the bark as you approach because the magic that keeps the gates animated and secure is still here, somehow, even in the wake of the cataclysm. Mercy follows you but stands a couple of respectful feet behind and waits.
3: I will approach the gates, look up at them. I'm back, my lady, and push on them. As your hands
0: connect with the bark and you start to push, several things happen. The first thing is all of you feel this, even Gentle who doesn't understand raven speech, because this has nothing to do with language. A massive wave of magical energy sweeps up from like behind you from the, the southern side of the slope like ripples through the township from behind you as soon as Sitlali's palms connect with the gate and start to push uh, and this magic like like sweeps through the township and I think like the trees left in this like force field almost like left in its wake like they they shake like it has physical presence um and like leaves start falling like branches tremble like even like a couple of carts start rocking and almost get threatened to get turned over uh and this like it's almost like a massive like wall of wind just pummels uh through black through black spire but it's magic it's magical too because as soon as this wave of force starts hitting people, several of them start dropping, right? Uh, like Jaron and Gentle, because you're closer to where the crowd is. You see a couple of elders suddenly, <gasps> and they like collapse collapse to the ground and their loved ones like exclaim and go over to their bodies, right? And a couple of youth even also like crumple to the ground. You see like um, perhaps like someone who was like, in, in their 20s, like holding like, they're sort of limping a little almost, like oddly holding like a, a an arm full of firewood. As this wave hits them, they, like, wobble, they gasp, and then they collapse. Uh, and their, like, fia- like their loved one, like, runs over and starts, like, looking at their body and exclaiming. And then this wave of force, like, bam, hits it, Lolly, and hits the gate. And as this wave of magical power sweeps through you all, it feels like uh, the weave, if if the strings of the weave inside your soul are like guitar strings, it feels like a hand is just like running over, over, over and strumming it once powerfully. And the vibrations of the magic rattle you from the inside out. Like your hair stands on end. Your heart starts pumping a little faster, right? Even like your the, the hair on your head starts like... Waving back and forth, forth from like the physical presence of this magical explosion, and like as your hands like hit hit the wood, there's a massive groaning noise as the gates push open for you. They open for you, said Lolly, and your hair is like billowing around your shoulders and around your ears, and I think you're silhouetted by like the the sunless light of like the the dawning morning. Right as you stand there and you look up at this castle. What do the three of you do?
2: Gentle, I think, starts moving through the crowd, giving small little medicine balls. uh, The equivalent of like a smelling salt to help get some people, like wake people up. This brings back too many like memories of like how the uh, cataclysm affected them personally. Like they go down to check Bud and then immediately start trying to check on people.
0: What's really interesting, Gentle? As you start moving through the crowd, you're like, oh my God, these people need help. Something's happened. They need my assistance. Right. As oh. you like, you, maybe you pass a couple of medicine balls first and then like maybe like a, a group, you pause at a group because something stands out to you. There's like an elder sort of fallen over uh, and their loved ones have sort of like rolled them onto a more dignified position on their back and are like putting like their, their hands in front of their chest and they're murmuring and they're crying. But you realize they're not weeping out of grief. They're weeping out of happiness. Their faces look almost relieved right? And, like, they seem to be murmuring in raven speech, so you don't know the words, but it's definitely some sort of prayer rites for the dead.
1: You can make an arcana check if you want. I will. I think Joran is trying to take stock of what has just happened, like, trying to compare in their mind this magic and, like, other magic that he has felt before and whether it feels the same. I think in particular, trying to compare it to the way that Sit-Lali's magic feels because Sitlali's magic has changed, right? And it's this weird clingy dark feeling now compared to what it was before so i think they're trying to figure out like is this something i should be worried about or is this does this feel like the old gods when they were actually here why
0: don't you also roll a car- arcana but for something else gentle 15, what did you get by the way 15 you pick up on several things as your hand stalls like ripping the medicine balls inside your palm you feel the weave kind of like tensing and swirling around this fallen elder's body and you know instantly looking at they're dead right like you you've seen plenty of corpse they're they're fully dead but what's interesting is the weave doesn't snap like their soul dissipating into nothingness here for some reason this wave of force uh seems to have killed them question mark uh but it also protected their soul. Their soul didn't go, didn't dissipate into nothingness. It went somewhere else, but you don't know where it went. That's what you can tell with an Arcana check of a 15. Jaron, what did you get? I got a 13. It feels different from Sitlali's magic. Also it came from behind, which could have been Sitlali calling like a force field of like wind subconsciously from behind, but it seemed to have originated elsewhere? And looking at Sitlali pushing the, with the gates open, something like this, this could be a coincidence, right? It's like dawning on you. And the kind of magic that just hit everyone feels similar to the kind of magic that you have received from healing clerics, right? Of like the old eight gods. If anything, it feels similar to Unmei's magic than anything else you've encountered,
1: but not quite. That's odd. And you said that this wave hits Sitlali. Sure it does. How does Sitlali look? Because everyone else passed out, but Sitlali is fine? Several people passed out, not everyone.
0: I would say maybe 10% of everyone in the crowd passed out or fell down. Um, Sitlali, let's pan over to you, right? The gates fling open for you, and as this magic passes through you, you feel Lonely in your soul, like, rattle? Like, because Lonely's... I- <laughs> if we stretch the guitar metaphor, Lonely's inside the guitar as this being strummed and it's sort of getting rat- rattled around. Uh, and Lonely's just going... Oh.
4: Oh, ah, uh, she's here. That was your destiny, sit loli. Can you feel it pushing you in? Yes. Claim what is yours.
3: Absolutely. And I think I'm going to turn to look at Mercy. How's she doing? Mercy is
0: staring at you with, like, an open mouth. And for the first time in a long time, she looks speechless. Uh, and there's an expression almost of, like, of shock, right? You get the feeling that she, she really wanted you to be open to the gates. But with this effect, this is, I mean, more than what she ever could have hoped for. And she looks proud of you. And almost like there's, like, this expression of reverence in her face. I think I hold out a hand to her. <laughs> wow. She
3: takes your hand. Shall we? Fuck yeah. Fuck yeah. I'm going to start making my way up to the castle. Uh the the people who collapsed, was that how what was the wave? It's her way.
0: Oh. Are they dead? It is her will. Uh huh. You get the sense that Mercy wants to investigate the mystery of why these people collapse, but she's also torn because she wants to follow you too. And she waffles for a bit, like at the threshold of the gates, and then, huh, she nods and turns and focuses on her mission and follows you in. Geron gentle?
1: I think Geron will tentatively follow in, like not quite as confident or ready, like raring to go as Mercy and Sitlali are. I think they're a little weirded out by all of this like something's not clicking something's not right here so i think he's gonna come in but very very tentatively
2: in uh, morosian i am relaying what i picked up on to jaron because i also have bad vibes like my mask is on i am shrunken in as much as i can be i don't feel good here
0: okay yeah, so, something's going on! And I don't think either of you are quite sure if Sitlali's the direct cause of it, or, but they must be involved somehow, right? Because it happened when they opened the gates. So as the two of you follow more tentatively, Sitlali's mother and parent, like, run up to, like, the edge of the gate, and your mother is, like, you know, your their, your parent is holding her back, but she's, like, holding out for you, she's going, Child! Child, it's, it's you! It's really you, isn't it? You, you're the, you're the one! You're the one chosen by the Raven Queen. You're, you're her paragon, aren't you? You ended the undeath. You, you. Uh, And she is the first one to fall to her knees in supplication as you stroll in, like toward the castle. And like, as a wave, everyone else in the township uh, sort of like s- slowly like get to their knees. They like lower their heads in like a,
3: a court like way of worship. And Sitlali just has the biggest fucking smile on their face. They don't say shit, they keep going. (gasps) Okay. And there's just
0: this one word that's repeated over and over again as the hounds enter uh, through the obsidian gates and start to go up the steps. Right, the 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 rotwood steps to like the main entrance of the Obsidian Castle. This one word whispered on the wind, carried on the wings of birds that escape from the canopies of the township, Paragon, 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 whispered in reverence and worship, and divine love. And now, I think we're gonna do a little bit of a transition cut. When you reach the top of the stairs. There are guards in the loosest sense of the term. Uh, it's not very militarized here in the court, uh, but there are two like um, holy folk of the Raven Queen who saw everything happen, right? Like they they overheard, they felt the wave of force for sure, and they they both like have these like long like ravens uh, ravens beak masks on, almost like medieval like European like like plague doctors a little bit, but they're but they're made from bone, um, and they're both dressed in these like dark like leather robes, and they look at each other. And wordlessly, they open they open the front doors of the Obsidian Castle uh, to to admit your party, like, without even, like, putting up a protest at all. As, as you stride into the castle, your boots start clacking over, like, marble and stone, and inside, like, you smell, like, this old, sweet smell of, like, a- a centuries-old rot that has just sort of, like, hung in the air. Like, not in, like, a gross way necessarily but almost in like an austere way like this is a very old place and the central trunk of the tree of death and life just sort of punches up all the way if you crane your neck up like all the way and it like vanishes through the ceiling right and probably extends for like another like 80 feet or so uh and there's like various offshoots and chambers and towers and turrets and parapets whatnot this is like a massive castle with like multiple different buildings attached to it um But Sitlali, I think you know where you need to go, and I think you know how to get there. Uh, because where the Dexai will almost certainly be congregated after also feeling that massive wave of force is the Chamber of Whispers, which is at the apex of- apex of the castle.
3: I think Sitlali will take a second and look back at Jeron and Gentle.
1: Surprise! Paragon. Probably. Pro- probably, you're- probably, you're letting those people outside. You're letting them do that for probably.
0: I mean, it seems pretty likely. As soon as she opened the gates, that thing came, and your your mother. She said something about ending the undeath. That's why those people collapsed, right? That yeah. didn't
1: feel like your magic," said Lolly. I'm no, not was
3: the Raven Queen.
1: Uh, Maybe, I'm not convinced.
2: Maybe a little more trepidation would be uh, a good idea.
1: You can and I'm not saying I don't trust
2: you. We're
1: mm-hmm. supposed to be keeping the paragons a secret, right? So even if you are a paragon, let's just say for a moment that you are, we can't just go around making a big show of it. Again, you're welcome to wait
3: outside, Geron.
1: Don't There's no way in hell I'm leaving you alone to talk to the court.
2: We're a team still.
3: Then let's go. And they start making their way to the Chamber of Whispers. I think this this
0: conversation ha- has been occurring as you've been going up the stairs. Like, I think there are these spiraling stairs that lead, like, all the way up, 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 up. Uh, and as you're talking... You- this castle, I think, uh, for Geron and Gentle, neither of whom have been here before, feels really empty. There's, like, no one in here, oddly enough. There's the occasional raven, uh, and you see, like, nests built into these, like, old, almost, like, decrepit, like, chandeliers, right? And, like, bats are also roosting and, like, the occasional fluttering of wings. But the most amount of people you pass seem to be servants. Um... Or retainers, or like tenders and keepers of the uh, of the castle. When he pass them, they like oh, they like stop and they they bow deeply. They also seem to be aware of what's happening. They're specifically inclining their heads at Lally, Uh as you continue to make your way up like the velvet-covered steps of this like wooden castle, brimming with with power and
1: ancient magic. As we're walking up, I think Jaron is going to like tap, or like not tap, but like hold Mercy's shoulder to like pull her back just a little bit from Sitlali, and just say, and you're letting her do this because... (sighs) Listen,
0: I never thought that we'd actually have a paragon in our midst, and this is 99% assured, right? Who else, what else could have been the cause of that magic? It could be a lot of things. Maybe this is fate. Maybe destiny has decreed it so that there's a paragon in our midst so we can find the paragon of Sen more easily and
1: help Unmei. Since when were you this easy? This easy to convince that somebody we know is a paragon? You were fighting tooth and nail that there's no way in hell Oka could be a paragon. So what happened here? I... Well, I... Mercy
0: sputters a bit. Uh, and says, well, we were just presented with undeniable evidence. If Oka suddenly sprouts wings and gains a million eyes over their body and gets a halo of swirling black magic and said, I'm the Paragon of Sen in some sort of layered double voice, then sure, I'd believe it. Yes, gentle, you don't have to keep raising your hand.
2: I don't want to step over anyone's toes. Um, uh... First off, I I agree with Jaron wholeheartedly. I was going to ask the same type of question, um, but also, I mean, Silali didn't grow any wings or anything to that extent. Um, and I I'm not saying like I you know I I trust I trust them and I trust everyone here wholeheartedly, but maybe your feelings are slightly clouded for other reasons um, that what also help cloud you your implying, feelings. What are you
0: implying, gentle?
2: Do you, I mean, uh, I, I don't want to be the one to say it, but
3: uh, Mercy you two have been g-
2: g- growing very close in a way that's uh, not as subtle as either of you think it is.
0: The- <clears throat> a pronounced pause. And then Mercy says, I don't let who I sleep with cloud my judgment about them.
2: I have to pointedly say I don't believe that's true.
1: When has that never been true? All of the other uh, times where we have been in the other nations.
0: Well, I, I told you, well, I've been very upfront when, if and when those exes, in, Selim is off you—you you, her rocker and wanted to kill me. And I told you as much. You made I'm it not really clouded. clear
2: that if I hadn't saved Unmei, you would have hurt me. Um, that's a thing that I don't think that was, I think there was a lot of cloud emotions. I saw your eye when that happened. Uh, you were the very monster scared.
1: therapist.
0: Well, Jikyata, I'm still not over that, by I the way. I still maintain that I would have been fine. Jikyata and I just had to fight it out. You looked like you were dying when we got there. She's Just fine. for the record. I was fine. She wouldn't have killed me. She likes me too much. Worst, uh, the worst thing she would have done is turned into a, a drider, injected me with poison, webbed me up for the
1: next five years. I had Gross. Okay, I don't need to know about the details of your personal life. Um, the The point being, are you sure? Are you sure that Sitlali is the paragon? Because if they're not, if they are not, God the eight forbid, Though the courts are not going to be happy with us. Okay.
0: Okay, fine. Fine. Then we play our hand intelligently. Sitlali, a word with the four of us. Listen, I know you have certain feelings, and I do too, about about the Paragon situation here uh, at hand, but uh, ha- why don't we try to conceal our hand when we go in first? Make it about the mission. Uh, let me talk to my contact and see how things play out from there. The mission has changed.
3: Sivali There's no stopping you, is there? And they just grin at mercy. Like, the, this is the most smug, self-assured, confident, like, shit-eating grin Sitlali has ever given anyone, maybe. Like,
0: Mercy throws her hands up and looks like to you, and you gentle, like, do you want to try?
2: Hi, uh, Sitlali?
0: Yes, um,
3: gentle.
2: I, I'm going to ask my usual type of question. Is this you without a mask? I think so. Oh no.
1: (gasps) I think Jerron just puts his hands up. Just, okay. All right. We'll do this your way. If this goes wrong, though, it's on you, Sidlali.
3: I figured as much from you,
0: Jerron. It's on us. We're a team, remember?
1: What is that? You know what? Never mind. Just
3: go.
0: Sidlali, lead the way.
1: With you at my side, of course.
3: And they extend their hand again. Uh, r- right, of course. But it's probably
0: a good idea. Clearly, these two dumb nuts know already, but it's probably a good idea for us to not hold hands just because if, theoretically, there was an ex in the Chamber of Whispers that, theoretically, would see me with someone else, theoretically, she might not be very happy. Theoretically. So just...
3: Theoretically I could strike her dead where she stood. What well, don't do that, Sitlali. Lolly. uh let's play let's
0: let's be cool about this. okay. let's be diplomatic. Uh, and you're talking and bantering as you're walking through like you're continuing to walk.
2: Sit mm-hmm. Lolly. Mm-hmm. the good guy right now. What is happening?
1: I'm also the good guy.
2: I look at Jaron. <laughs> Just help.
1: Jaron has given up. I think they're just I think they're just bracing themselves for something to go wrong. I think even in the case that Sitlali is the paragon, I think it's very clear that even that scenario is not going to go well right now. And so he's just he's just braced himself for whatever is about to go down. Sitlali
0: leads your group through a stone archway. Uh, And on the archway is etched, like, various uh, words in raven speech, which I think is almost like a pictographic language uh, of, like, images of, like, feathers and beaks and talons and uh, raven faces and bones, right? That basically just reads, uh, in raven speech, the Chamber of Whispers. And you enter the said Chamber of Whispers. This chamber is pretty dang massive. It's a big room. Uh, And it's built around four branches of the Tree of Life and Death uh, that jut out of the floor uh, and extend into the sky. It's an open air chamber. There's no ceiling here. Uh, And here you see just like the sky opened up before you uh, with these wisps of like gray, dense clouds covering the sunless light filtering down and each of the four branches jutting out of the ground is cultivated by a different court of the Raven Queen. On one branch, you see green moss and budding flowers for the court of spring. On another branch, you see flowers in bloom, lush vegetation, dense foliage for the court of summer. On a third branch, you see mushrooms, golden leaves, vines for the court of fall. And finally, for the court of winter, you see a branch covered in gnarled vines, thorns, and dusted with everlasting snow and frost. You also all see the four dexi of the court. Each one standing in front of their appointed branch. They were talking vigorously amongst themselves, but as soon as the four of you entered, they fell silent and turned to look at you. Almost like they were expecting you, in a weird way. Um, The Duchess of Winter, let's focus on her first. She is a graceful elven woman with skin the color of dried bone. Her cheekbones are high and sharp, sharp enough to cut steel, and her black eyes are heavily lidded. Strands of gray and white thread through this short crow-black hair. She wears a stiff collared robe the color of strong wine, and clasped around her sternum is a belt of bones, feathers, and beads that rustle and clack as she turns to look at your party. And next to her is the Duke of Falls a human man, perhaps in his late 20s, early 30s, uh, with dark brown skin and this long black hair um, braided up and back, uh, and the braids sort of go down his spine. He wears these deep red robes, and his face is broad and welcoming with these full lips and these very inquisitive eyes. The Dex of Summer is a stone-skinned tiefling youth, maybe 16 or 17, uh, with this shoulder-length shaggy black hair, They stand with their arms clasped behind their back. They have a rather sallow look on their face, and their white eyes are fixed sharply on the four of you. They have a single corkscrew horn that sort of curls up like a gnarled tree branch. Uh, And their robes are a scintillating golden color. And finally, the youngest Dex, the Dex of Spring, is a half-elf, half-orc child, maybe nine or 10 years old. Uh, And they have this pale skin splotched with green, in the face and the arms, uh, the short red hair kind of shaved down on one side and these inquisitive amber eyes and they wear a set of light green robes that bring out the greener blotches on their face. What do you do?
3: I think Sitlali enters like they own the fucking place. Okay. Do they recognize anyone immediately? Yes. I think you
0: would know all of them except for the youngest, Dex. Uh, You recognize the Duchess of Winter, though when you were still here, she was the Duchess of Fall. She must have mm-hmm. recently become the Duchess of Winter. Uh, her, you know her in, in her Fall name. You don't know what her new Winter name is uh, as Gold. Gold Starwing is her full name. You recognize the current uh, Duke of Fall, who was not a Duke or a, a Duchess or anything before this. Um, But he did work in the castle. And you might have like like, glanced him politicking while you were working on being a priestess. Um, His name is Duke Root Sweetbreeze. I don't know if you would recognize the tiefling uh, or the half-elf, half-orc.
3: And I think Sitlali just gives sort of, like, a sweeping curtsy. Yeah, they would curtsy. Um, And
1: just says, my deck's eye. Jaron will follow suit and bow, uh, seeing Sitlali curtsy.
2: Ah, uh, Bud and I will, uh, bow some sort of gesture of respect.
0: It is the dex of Summer, the youth, the tiefling, uh, who speaks first. Rise. Is this it, then, Duchess? Is this the one we're waiting for? The one who ended the undeath just now? Or one of you, the paragon? And they're speaking in raven
1: speech? I'll translate for gentle.
0: Yes, I believe that I am. You. Uh, and this is Duchess Gold, as far as you know, Starwing, the oldest one, the Duchess mm-hmm. of Winter, who speaks. She looks like she's maybe in her mid-50s. Um, she stands, she she steps forward, and the next words she says are in common. We have outsiders among us. dexi let us not be rude and let us address them in a common tongue. You. And she points, not at you, Lolly, but at mercy. Next to you. What do you think you're doing back here, darling? Duh. (laughs) Hey, gold. Sup? The name is Rhyme now. Ah, like Rhyme and Reason, of which you always had many. Much. And no. Rhyme as in frost and snow. Ah, of course, that was my second guess. Hmm. What's the meaning of this, Mercy? Is... Sitlali... truly the paragon? Ah, so you two know each other? Uh, And there's a question in Mercy's voice. We do. More than just know each other. Sitlali was one of our most promising holy people, here studying in the Obsidian Castle. In fact, they were mentored by one of our best and brightest before she passed away. Oh, I see, I wasn't
1: aware of that. Gibran, gentle, were you aware of that? No, they never said that. No. Well, what brings the four of you here? And this is the youngest, Dex, the ten-year-old.
0: Uh, and Mercy's eye falls upon them. Something about Paragons, right? Uh, You're the Paragon? Really? I believe so. Uh, Though it is not completely confirmed. (laughs) Where are my manners? Allow me to introduce us to you. I am Duchess Rhyme Starwing, of the winter court. This is my colleague, Duke Root, Sweet Breeze, uh, and the human man bows, and his uh, eye lingers on you, gentle. I think it's like looking you up and down, uh, and then gestures to the tiefling. This is Dex Bloom, Sharp Claw. Hi there. It's nice to meet the four of you, though under <laughs> better circumstances, I would hope for the future. And this is our newest. Dex. Dex, Spider, Starwing. My child. Uh, hi. I, I, this wasn't a nepotistic choice, though, I promise. Oh, uh, nice to meet ya, kid. Sorry, is that adultist? I never know around these court folk. Uh, no, no, it's fine. You can call me a kid. I'm a kid. Just don't, uh, talk down to me, cause I know stuff. Okay, yeah. You got it, champ. That's an example of talking down to. Okay, then, child. All right, I'll take that. Can we... This is the teenager. I'm really not good at voices, so I have to say who it is every time. Can we get back to the issue at hand? And the teenager sort of runs a hand through their shaggy hair. The fact that there might be a frickin' paragon standing amongst us? Ah, yes. It was you, then. The one who pushed open the gate. The one who caused the profane undeath to end. I believe so, yes. <laughs> well, mercy. Is it true? Even though we ended things on a rather sour note ten years ago, I still believe that you won't lie with your back pressed against the wall. Do you believe that Sitlali is indeed the paragon of the Raven Queen? I... And Mercy turns to you, Jaron, and you, Gentle, to answer the question.
1: I'm gonna let Gentle take this one.
2: Uh, I have faith in my friends. I trust them wholeheartedly.
1: As do
0: I. If Sutlali says they're the paragon, then I believe them.
1: Uh, is there... Dexai, is there a way to confirm this? Either way. Because as Sitlali has mentioned, it hasn't been confirmed. So if, if you know a way to do so. Yes, the ancient
0: texts of the court, the ancient scrolls and papyri speak of the paragons as containing the voice of the gods within themselves. If you are truly a paragon, surely you can let the Raven Queen who is inside you Speak and come out, can't you? And Sitlali, you hear lonely inside you go,
4: Let me show them what
3: you can do. Alright, right. I put a hand on my chest? Do your thing? Okay, you feel
0: lonely this presence inside your soul surge up? as the strings of the weave inside you sort of like like distend and then as Lonely like seeps past the gaps uh, of your soul and rise up to the top. And it's like you, Sitlali, your consciousness is being forced down as Lonely surges up and sort of takes the driver's seat for a minute here, right? Uh, and the rest of you see Sitlali blink and when they open their eyes, they're pure black. Uh, and like this like black light is sort of like glowing from their pure black scleras and when Sitlali speaks, it's in a completely different voice and coming out of Sitlali's mouth, now like all of you feel like the weave starting to tighten around Sitlali and like a little breeze almost starts like kicking up, rustling the loose leaves that are in this chamber.
4: I am a voice of the Raven Queen. And
0: then, Lonely, using you as a vessel, casts Blight at seventh level. Uh, This crop circle, almost, of, like, death, just <coughs> withers a massive circumference of, like, these beautiful, like, four branches, right? You see, like, the spring branch, like, the mosses on it, like, wilt and turn black and then crumble off of the bark. Uh, you see, like, the autumn branch, like, uh, the golden leaves crumble into dust and nothingness. You see the vines of the winter branch, like, twist and, like, flake off into dust as well. And, like, the golden sheen of the summer a uh, branch just, like, dies and turns gray and ripples around you. And the dex are gasping and they're reeling back and they're holding onto their branches, right? And they're, like, like shielding their eyes with, like, from, like, the black light glowing out of, like, your face, Sit, Sitlali. And then the, the, the weave, like, loosens again as Lonely, like, settles back down inside you.
1: Is everyone okay? Let's y'all are fine.
0: This no. just affected the plant life but emotionally it might not be okay.
2: No.
1: So- uh, just question, does this seem like something that the Raven Queen would do just based on lore that we know? I know we're from Morose, but just any lore that we might've known about the Raven Queen, is this like, does this remind us of any tales of her doing things? trying to find a silver lining here. So there's conflicting interpretations of the, of how the Raven Queen
0: acts and what is the correct way to worship her, but she is the goddess of life and death. So she would be able to cast spells like Blight, right? And like take life away, right? But only when absolutely necessary and at the preordained time.
1: So this could work. Would this be the right time? That is up to God. <laughs>
0: That is up to the Raven Queen, my friend. Uh, this is a this is really powerful magic, though. I mean, that was a 7th level spell. Uh, and I think there's just sort of like a circumference of 30 feet spanning out from Sitlali of just death. Like dead plant life and like gray ash. Even like the massive like branches of the tree are like kind of withered and gray and look like they might flake away at any moment. Duchess Rhyme Starwing has like one hand on like her branch and she's, she's like reeled back. Uh... And you see, you like hear her in the middle of this call out to her child, Spider, uh, and like the ki- like the kid like runs over to her and like like cling like holds onto her hand like in fear and like is like looking around. And like the Dexai, I think have like crowded together. They seem pretty close to each other, and like they're like holding on to each other, right, as this happened. And then as it settles down, Dexai rhymes, Starwing says that that magic. How, how that voice. It sounded like it sounded like it could have. Are you? And there's this look of like, m- maybe this is maybe this is a sign, right? But it, and uh, in character, but if this is how the Raven Queen is now, oh, the hunger, the death, the the power, the destruction—it is that what she wants of us? Said Lolly.
3: I think Lolly is um, still standing. But Sitlali.exe has crashed. Um, (laughs) Uh, I think they kind of internally are like, hey, what the fuck? To Lonely? Yes. You
4: showed them your providence.
3: Where is she?
0: Before they can respond, Rhyme speaks up. But if... If you truly are the Raven Queen's paragon, there's something you must know, said Lali. An omen I received several weeks after the cataclysm portents warnings of the paragon's coming back. How you aren't meant to protect Andake You're meant to d and then interrupting her interrupting uh lonely. In the middle of the chamber, between the Dexai and your party, uh, the air cuts open, almost like someone were running a knife through the air and laser, lasering a portal open. You see, like, black light suddenly begin to glow at a point and then in a perfect circle, uh, slice it open. Uh, and when, the, when the, this line of light reconnects with itself, um, there's a beam of black light that glows and shimmers. And then the portal opens. And on the other side of it, uh, the three of you see the weave spun nest or the interior of the weave-spun nest. Uh, Jaron and Gentle, I don't think you've been there before. Sitlali, I think you recognize it on sight. Uh, but it seems to be the inside of just a, like a giant bird's nest, right? Instead of like twigs, it's like roots knitted together and like branches knitted together to form these like high walls that are like 15 feet tall, right? Uh, but that's not what catches your eye the most. What catches your eye is the person stepping through this portal uh bringing with her this massive like as soon as she puts one leather booted foot over the rim of this portal like she brings with it just like the weave just tightens around her right and like shimmers and like brims with this like power uh one foot over the threshold and then her head ducks under like the top of this portal she's cut open and you all see uh kind of pale skinned uh, gray skinned, actually drow woman. She has this long like black hair. That's like streaked through with these like bright alabaster white strands. Um, she wears this, like, studded leather armor and a cape of raven feathers uh, with these, like, big thick leather pauldrons on her shoulders. She's really tall. She's, like, six two and, like, heavily muscled. Uh, and the raven cape goes all the way down, like, to her feet. Uh, and her armor is also sleeveless, revealing these, like, big muscular arms veined with these intricate golden tattoos of raven feathers that, like, glow dimly uh, in this shaded light. Uh and you see how she was able to cut this portal open because she holds in one hand a massive ebony scythe uh that ends in this silver blade that gleams right and it's got like etchings down the handle of like raven feathers and like ravens taking flight uh one of her eyes is gold and the other one is pure black like sclera and all and sit you see mist stiltwalker step back into the realm of life. Uh, this is undoubtedly her. Her hair's grown out by a lot. Her hair was like a lot shorter. Like almost like, like a butch like Captain Marvel haircut last time you saw her. But this is unmistakably her. And as far as you know, Miss Stiltwalker is freaking dead. She died seven years ago. She steps through the portal. Pauses upon seeing like your party. Shakes her head. Turns her back on the four of you and addresses the Dexai. Dexi, as she gets down on one knee and like holds like holds out the the, the scythe in supplication, like a knight offering their sword. I, I am Missed Stiltwalker. I am returned from the dead. That is no longer my name. My name is Revenant. I am the paragon of the Raven Queen, and I'm here to offer my blade and help. What do the three of you do? I take a step forward. You're dead, Rev pauses, and turns her head so you see, like, a profile view of her face. And from this direction, you only see that one golden eye. Before she died, before Mist died, both of her eyes were golden. Now one of them is pure black. Yes. Yes, I did. I did die. But I'm back now. Which is sacrilege, as you know. (laughs) The Raven Queen works in ways that we do not comprehend. You should know that, Lolly. I you do. You love
3: everyone. Did Leaf come back with you? No, she didn't. But you're here, you're
0: still a priestess of the Raven Queen, aren't no,
3: you? No, I'm more than that. I don't understand. You are not her paragon. You see,
0: uh, Rev's eyebrow raise, and then her eye falls from your face, like, down your body, and lands on the floor. Where she sees the blight. Uh, and, like, her head turns as she, like, registers what's happened here, right? She sees, like, this, like, blackened circle of just death around you. Uh, my Dex excuse me. And she stands, like, holding the scythe in one hand. And behind her, like, Duchess Rhymes Starwing says, What? What's going on? What's. Happening, And the Dexai seemed, like, shocked into speechlessness, because on their faces, it looks like they've seen a ghost, which, uh, Sitlali you know, is pretty close to the truth of their grasp of the situation. And Rev turns fully to face your party. And even though there's, like, uh, I think the Breeze, because this is, like, an open ceiling chamber at the very top of the tree, Breeze rustles through and, like, causes the feathers on her cape to sort of, like, flap, like, silently against each other as she, like, holds this one scythe
3: in her hand. What do you mean? When I knew you, you were several ranks beneath me, if I recall correctly. <sighs> I served to protect Leaf.
0: To protect Leaf Dream Eye. And, and did you I succeed? Rev pauses and says, It was the greatest failure of my life. And now I dedicate my undeath to carrying out justice in her
3: name. It is my destiny to do so, so I believe you may be dismissed.
0: You are mistaken, Sitlali. The Raven Queen, a shard of her, an echo, sings inside my chest, inside my soul. She has chosen me, and at first I... I rejected her. I wasn't ready, I was too filled and consumed with rage against against the dog-headed man that killed her. But now I know rage and pain don't have to be inert. They don't have to be the only things driving me. Light for the future can too.
1: I think at this Joran is going to step up and face Rev and ask We've been told that the Paragons are able to call forth the gods. The ones that they hold inside of them. You claim to have the Raven Queen inside of you. There's one way to settle this, right? Only minutes
0: ago did I accept the Raven Queen into my heart. She is weakened with her pact with me. She needs to rest inside my soul. But if that is what it takes... Because you are not
3: strong enough.
2: I want to roll insight on what Rap was saying.
0: About like everything that she said up to this point, I'm assuming?
2: About the minutes ago, mostly.
0: Yeah, go for it.
2: 15.
0: Uh, are you trying to tell if she was lying? Or if something else was unsaid? See
2: I mean, see if she believes that. like. like...
0: Yeah, everything she'd said so far with your 15 has been truthful. Like, you don't sense that she's hiding anything.
2: Um, sit lolly. Um, so qu- quick, quiet sidebar. Um,
3: what, gentle?
2: Okay. Um, it seems like, uh, she's telling the entire truth. And I, I'm not doubting, uh, you, but maybe there's a lot more complicated, uh, happening with the act of paragons. I assume it wouldn't be super easy. Um, maybe there's some sort of test we can do to kind of like you call their... me a liar okay. i no i just I... I don't want anyone to get hurt or this to hurt anyone yeah i i don't know i'm sorry if
1: you're of, on, like, kind of like down. pops up like hey guys what are you talking about the lolly has like locked eyes
3: as much as they can with gentle through the mask i'm avoiding it i think they reach out and tip your chin to meet their gaze If you wish for no one to get hurt, then you better stand back. Hey, Sitlali,
1: relax. We're your friends, remember? Are you,
3: Jaron? Yes, Sitlali. Only when it's
1: convenient for you.
2: That's not true.
1: Whoa, 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 Who instigated that? Do you want- Do you remember who instigated that? This isn't about that. Nothing will ever be about that. I'm not so sure about that. If you're angry at me, then talk to me. Don't do whatever this is.
2: Lolly, you're enough just as you always have been.
1: This is my destiny,
3: and they turn their back on you and to face Rev. As you do, I think Mercy
0: reaches out a hand, but you step out of, like, the range of, like, her hand, and she sort of grasps there. She goes, Lolly," but it's too late. You've turned to face what you believe is your destiny, Rev. This imposter, this person claiming to be something that she clearly isn't because it's rightfully yours. Lonely has promised it so. You felt it, you opened up the gates of the castle and you brought the magic in. This was you, not her. Who's this random bitch who died seven years ago? Doesn't matter, she wasn't even a priestess. Not not even a good one. Rev looks down at you. And in her face, she was listening and watching all of this and, like, comprehension dawns on, like, why, you know, you get the sense that she intuits that you think you're the Paragon. And then another expression crosses her face, Sitlali, and I want you to tell me how this makes you feel. It is a look of pity. Sitlali, both of us have lost people. Both of us have had past lives that we want to leave behind. I can tell you're no longer a priestess of the court, skilled as you are. I can tell that you're here not because you serve the Dexai, but because you're here to claim what you think is yours. But I urge you, Sitlali, to find your own path and not step on a path that was not meant for you.
3: Sitlali equips their shield. If you are to be the rightful paragon, then I should be no problem for you. Don't make me do this. When I said you were dead... That wasn't simply a statement of fact. That was a promise. She is not gonna attack you first. And
0: those sound like fightin' words. Are you gonna attack? That feels like, that feels like an attack word. Or would you, do you want her to, are you waiting for a response from her?
3: I think I say that. And then I cast Blindness, Deafness, which is a constitution saving throw for her. Oh, what's the DC? 16.
0: She does save. Okay, but uh, so what? What does it look like as you try to cast this spell?
3: I think it's it's the same like sickly dark sort of magic, but I think it's angrier now. I think okay. it's more because I I'm heated. Lonely is probably also a little heated. Um, so it's like more roiling than it was like simmering before. It's very volatile. I don't know how much is Sitlali and how much is lonely being in control of this situation anymore. Okay. I don't think they know. I like it. You
0: fling out your hand as like the weave sort of vibrates around Rev uh, and you see she like twirls the siphon in one hand and like closes her eyes to like sort of shake shake it off as like the weave stops stops vibrating around her and starts to stabilize. As you can feel her like make that save against your spell. But then you hear lonely inside you go,
4: "Let me." Help, give me some of your power. Siddlali, just say yes. We can defeat her.
0: Yes. And she's gonna make that save with disadvantage. Okay. She does fail that one. Uh, okay. So how does blindness,
3: blindness deafness work? The target is either blinded or deaf in my choice for the duration, which is a minute. Uh, so let's go with blinded. At the end of each of the target's turn, they can make a con save. Uh, okay. On a success, the spell ends. Um, Sounds good. Great. She's
0: blinded. So, what does the blindness look li- look like? As like the all of you see something real weird, which is as Rev clearly shakes off this spell, suddenly it's like the time around her is localized and reverses as like the same, like as Lonely's magic jumps in Uh, and the same like kind of like wavering wraps around her face again, but this time it takes hold. So how does the blindness
3: manifest for Rev? I think it's almost like cataracts kind of form. Sure. Yeah. I think it's more like a cataract thing and I think Lolly, despite themselves, busts out that shit-eating grin again, because, like, Paragon shouldn't be able to, you know, dodge Yeah, that.
0: you did something, thanks to Lonely, and uh, because you accepted yeah. Lonely's help, I needed you to roll a d20 for me, please. Okay. That's a natural one. Okay. That's okay. That's actually really good, uh, because you are going to lose one hit point off of your max HP that you cannot recover okay 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 all right okay uh so that is gonna be your turn i assume uh and now it's gonna be revs uh we're in a loose initiative here so jaron and gentle as this shit's going down would either of you like to intervene yeah okay uh, to intervene roll initiative uh I'll, I'll why don't all three of you roll initiative because that was sort of like a free oh, no. free surprise pack that i'm gonna give Sid
1: lolly
2: i hate that i knew do i was gonna jump in
1: I got an eight.
2: <laughs> Eleven.
1: Sitlali? Eighteen.
0: Okay, uh, so Rev is going to be next. The first thing she's going to do is uh, do is say, Sitlali, it doesn't have to be this way. I don't want to
3: hurt you. Hurt me. Do it. If you're really the paragon.
0: <sighs> uh, she sighs and then twirls the scythe again and swipes it. Even though all of you are out of range, uh, as she swipes the scythe through the air, uh, it causes like a shockwave, like a black shockwave to shoot out from the blade. Uh, and I need Sitlali only to make a constitution saving throw. 22. That is not sufficient. Uh <laughs> so you're gonna take full damage. <laughs> you <laughs> you're you are going to take 12 points of magical slashing damage and another Oof. Okay, another eight points of cold damage okay. uh, as poof, the first blade cuts through you. And then uh, I think there's like several different like shockwaves, right? Poof, and then the next one slams into you and you are going to take 11 points of magical slashing damage and four points of cold damage, I think. Okay. So why don't you go ahead and take that? Uh, and okay. at the end of her turn, Rev is going to make that save again against 15. Mhm.
3: Okay. 16? 16. 16.
0: Oh, she actually uh she is going to succeed. But okay. as she starts to shake it off, you hear Lonely's voice again.
4: I can keep her winded. Just say yes again. Yes. Okay.
0: She's going to make that save again. Oh my god! Okay, that's a nat one. She's gonna she's gonna fail that uh, as well. Uh, as the same thing happens, like time, reality seems to warp around Rev to sort of like dismiss whatever like holy power seems to be suffusing her. And Sitlali, I need you to roll another instead of a D twenty this time, my good friend. I need you to roll a D one hundred. That could be worse. Three, three. <laughs> wow, you're gonna lose three max HP. You are rolling so good on these lonely (laughs) deals. (laughs) Uh, And at the very end of her turn, Rev is going to teleport. Uh, You all see sort of her turn and in just like swirl of like darkness and feathers, she disappears out of view. And you all hear the whirling behind your party as she reappears in like in view behind you to get like better positioning. Uh, And next is going to be Sitlali.
2: Before Sitlali attacks, I just want to say, are you sure you want to do this still? This feels bad.
3: Shut the fuck up, gentle. <gasps> I know what I'm doing. I'm sorry. It's not, swear it, gentle. I'm sorry. Uh, and Sitlali, I think, wheels around. Sitlali looks real bad. Sitlali's not doing well, health-wise, obviously. Um, Sitlali also didn't prep a lot of the Healy spells today. Uh, that's, that's fine. That's okay. we he can don't... help you out. Okay. Exactly. I don't need them. Uh, I don't need anybody. So she's behind us now? Yep, she's behind you. Okay, so, yeah, fuck it. I'm just going to cast Guiding Bolt at third level. Okay. That's a 17 plus
0: 8. Yeah, okay, yeah, 25. Yeah, that would hit.
3: Oh, I meant to do a fucking thing before I did that. Uh, can I say I did a fucking thing before I did that?
0: Yeah, sure. That, yeah, you can. What is the fucking thing you'd like to do before
3: that? It's an action, not a bonus action. Fuck me. Um. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Great. Uh,
0: <laughs> tell me what you're trying to do. All right. Just tell me what the thing you want to do is. We can see if we can reach an agreement.
3: Okay. I was going to do the. Um. I was going to channel divinity path to the grave. Okay. Which would make her. Uh, vulnerable to all damage of the next attack. Okay. Uh, as as you're trying
0: to reach into this power, you hear Lonely go,
4: I can help you. I can let you do this. Let me make you powerful. You know what you have to say, Lolly.
3: Yes.
0: You can do it. Okay. You can do it. You can use another action.
3: You can do it. You can action surge like a fighter. Okay, yeah, I'm sure nothing bad will come of this. Um... (laughs) So I will channel Divinity Path to the Grave and mark her for fucking death. Um and then What does, does that it look 25? like? I think it's like it's very much like a point. And I think I think it's Lonely's voice on top of Sitlali's and it's just like a you are sacrilege. That just kind of echoes through the chamber.
0: Okay. Uh and like <sh-> Like, it, it hits her, right? This, like, path of the grave tree, like, hits her, right? Um, and she, like, pauses a little bit uh, as you all sort of see, like, this, like, invisible force, like, tangle her hair and, like, ruffle, like, the cloak on her body. And Rev, like, looks at you, pauses, like, with one hand, like, gripped around her scythe. And she says, I know I am. But that voice, so are you. The difference between you and me, said Lali, is I know that I'm a monster. Are you aware that you're one too? What's inside you? What
3: is that? And I think that's when I cast Guiding Bolt without saying anything. Okay, that 25 does hit. So you can roll double damage, right? Uh, is that double damage? Because
0: she's vulnerable. Uh, So you Uh, double the damage. Uh, So that uh, would be double
3: damage, yeah. Yeah, 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 okay. Oh, look at all the sixes. Okay. Um, not that it fucking matters, but you know. Um, <laughs> let me have my moment in the dark. Uh, 12, uh, 18, uh, 30. Th- 30 damage? Yeah. So okay, double what, to what 60. Type?
0: What type? What t- 60. Okay. What type is it? Yeah.
3: Radiant. Okay. What does it look like? I think they grab onto their holy symbol and just kind of like. Hold it out at them, and I think uh, the magic kind of wraps around the raven skull and it comes out of its eyes in like two beams that sort of like, boosh, boosh. um, yeah,
0: okay, Rev throws her scythe out in front of her to like absorb some of the damage but it like shoots past it and like pins her like one in her like upper arm one in her like lower abdomen and she's pushed back by these beams of light. she grunts uh, as you like push her back a little bit uh, and yeah like this radiant like black light spills off of her body right and like leaves like you're like it's smoking a little bit right like her raven feathers smoke off you know her right shoulder and then her left hip as she like holds the scythe in front of her Siddhali You're strong. Stronger than the last time I saw you, I'll give you that. But you are not going to win this. Back down, we can talk.
3: What is there to talk about? The path that you can forge for yourself. You don't have to copy someone else's. I'm not copying someone else's, I'm taking what's mine. You live in denial, then. As did I.
0: The best way to break yourself out of denial... And she like twirls the scythe and catches it again. May have to be through violence here. It is technically gentle's turn.
2: Wonderful. I have a question. What? What can I use inspiration for?
0: Usually, it's to re-roll something. But if you got a cool idea, I might let you burn inspiration to do it.
2: Advantage for this attack. I'm about to do.
0: Okay. Yeah. You, yeah. You can do that. Are you gonna All attack right. it? Lo- Who are you attacking? Rev.
2: So let me make sure I know exactly how many punches I'm throwing. One, two, plus flurry of blows, plus hand of harm. That's two key points. Um, I'm throwing four punches at Sitlali. <gasps> I don't like it, but it's
0: what? it needs okay, to be done. Make that make that attack roll first. Sitlali, what's your armor class? Eighteen.
1: Okay, it's pretty high.
2: Alright, let's see how these go.
1: Jeron's just watching this like, what the hell is happening?
2: 1920 uh what's one of those? Uh 26 and 23.
3: Is those 20 all hits. dirty or Hmm. is the 20 dirty or natural?
2: Yeah, they're all natural. Sorry. They're yeah, they're all not they're not natural, they're all dirty. My apologies. Okay. I'm I'm not here anymore.
3: You're good. <laughs> You're I'm good. just like I have the crit canceling thing, so I'm like, "Is that a crit? Please tell me nope, if it is, nope, because just, I will cancel the fuck the out power of
2: it." Of hands.
3: Okay. All right. Roll damage.
2: I don't like. I also don't like that I'm doing this. This. I'm so sorry. Are you? It needs to be done. Hmm. Okay. All right. That is twenty first plus another. That is 32 points of damage.
0: Would that bring you
3: to zero? No. I hate that. Single digits, but no. Wow, you are buff. Okay. Yes. Gentle, what does it look like? Do you say anything as you
0: attack your own friend?
2: I think I just, like, quietly mutter, I'm so sorry. And then I throw, like, I think the first one, I'm, like, I'm tearing up a little, and it's a little... Like, just off, and then, like, I get three good ones in, and the hand of harm is glowing, uh, that sickly green as it normally does. And when you're still standing, I'm like, I'm, I'm really sorry that I have to do this, but you're not being a good guy right now. I'm really sorry.
3: I think lolly spits at you,
2: mm. and it's
3: blood. It's- yep. <sighs> it's on my mask.
1: We're gonna go to Joran now. Joran like walks really quickly in front of Sitlali, grabs both of your hands in their hands, and is like, like kind of shaking you as he essentially just yells at you, "Sitlali, it is not revenant that you are angry at. Please, please, stop, stop. Whatever it is that you're doing, and let's let's talk about this, okay." I know who you're really angry at here. Who am I really angry at,
3: Jaron? It's me. The entire planet doesn't fucking revolve around
1: you. This has nothing to do with you. Then prove it. Stop. Right now. And I think, Jaron, if I may, just for mechanical things, I'm going to hold my action so that next time Sitlali attacks, uh, attacks Revenant, I am going to jump in front of that attack. I'm taking the blow for Rev. Noted, noted, my good GeRon. Noted. Okay, that's the end
0: of the turn order. Uh, M- Mercy, Mercy, like draws her greatsword uh, and holds it at the ready. I sort of steps up a little bit, like holding, holding out a hand, like she's getting between two like rabid wolves attacking each other. Sepali. you woman person, t- stop. Stop, just stop this, okay? Sitlali, this revenant, this rev person, maybe maybe what they're saying is right. We can talk about this. This doesn't have to mean anything about anything. Maybe you're both paragons, gods, I don't know. Are you doubting me? No, Sitlali, I don't doubt who you are. I don't doubt that you're, you're a person that I like and you have value and you're- Like? Yeah. Uh, Sitlali, I... Enough. Uh, And it's going to be Rev's turn. Before we get there, though, I almost forgot. Sitlali, you you accepted some help from Lonely that I forgot to make you roll for. Uh, See, dude, so I'll, oh no. I need you to roll I'm a d100 ahead. for me.
3: That's not, that's not terrible. That's not
0: terrible. That's not terrible. That's not terrible. Oh, 16. But you're in single digits, right? Yeah. Okay. This is what happens. Uh, so. Okay. I think what it feels like for you as you make these packs with Lonely is your friends can also see as you're all like talking to each other and like attacking each other and trying to talk Sit-Loli down, you all see sit Lally start to wither a little, like their hair seems to be going sort of like limp and like it was already white, but there's something shriveled about the quality of the hair that looks different, like before your very eyes, right? And Sitlali, I don't think you realize this, but Jaron and Gentle would both be able to see that the black of your sclera starts bleeding out onto your face. Like, you start weeping these black... Tears that you now realize are these now actually these like glowing black tear like lines going down your cheek, down your throat, right? Like these black veins start to coat your skin. And the more you talk, the more lonely's voice is like over superimposed over your own. And the more and more lonely seems to be taking over. And when you drop to zero, lonely says to you,
4: Give yourself to me and I'll let you. Lolly, it's just you and me until the end, these friends of yours, I told you, I warned you, they don't believe in you, they're abandoning you right now, all you need is me, your good friend, lonely.
3: You lied to me, didn't you?
4: No, I didn't. I've always known you were special. Lolly. your soul holds so much light. Fine.
0: Keep me up. Okay. And Lolly, though you would drop to ten, you pop back up to one. Okay, and we're going to resolve the greater consequences of that once the scene's over. Uh, but you, <laughs> s- you stay fighting, right? Uh, what does it look like as you're like... Barely clinging on to consciousness,
3: right? In this, like, weird, magically induced, nebulous haze. I think that, like, sort of, like, tears, like, start appearing in their armor, sort of, and, like, it's the same, it's, like, clearly Lonely's magic, and it's, like, the pure resolve, like, clinging to them and, like, trying to keep them up. I don't... Know if they're bleeding from it. Maybe they are. If it is, it's probably black. But like. Yeah. But okay. I don't think Sitlali notices.
0: I like it. I think you're you're staggering a bit also. Like mm-hmm. you look you look real fucked up. Uh, yes. Yeah, and you're like breathing, and like these like black veins have like sprouted on your face. And Rev steps forward, looks down at you holding holding the scythe, and says, That's enough. Okay. I'm ending it here and now. And she brings her scythe down on you. And it's gonna pass through your body. Okay? Like, all of you see the scythe almost like it's, uh... The blade is a ghost or made of mist. It passes through your body. But as it does, you feel this horrific sensation, Sitlali, of like something entering your soul. Uh, you don't feel the, the, the threads of the weave inside you get cut, but it's like a ghostly hand passes through the weave um, inside you. And even worse than snapping them, uh, this hand understands it. It like reads the strings of your soul and it scoops it out. Uh, and as the scythe cuts through the other side of your body, uh, it's gonna scoop out a piece of your soul. Uh, and all of you see reflected on the blade of the scythe, lonely, you see a creature that I can only, that seems trapped inside the blade now, uh, that I can only really describe as, like, a small, rather shriveled thing uh with this sunken in face uh with an expression of pure terror and it's got these like multiple limbs and hands and it's like fingers are like long and spider webbed and it's like mouth it's black mouth is like open in this perpetual like yawn or shriek of like some wordless soundless emotion and in this like moment suspended it seems to be like pounding like trying to pound against the blade to get out but it can't um and rev holds the blade there for a second and then a sheen wipes over the blade and we see an image of your own face sit Lolly. but it is your true face it's what you really actually
3: genuinely look like what does it look like It's the Sitlali we normally see, but with regular Sclera instead of the black ones, and instead of the sarcastic fronting, they are sobbing, and they are small, and they are alone. This is you. This is who you are. This is your true
0: self, Sitlali. You need to stop hiding. You need to stop wearing whatever masks you're putting on over yourself, your face, your soul. Because once you start concealing who you are, and thush, another glimmer of light sweeps past the blade, and Lonely appears again, and it's like like wordlessly screaming and pounding against the blade of like Rev's Scythe. You let these things in, and they take advantage of you, and they try to tell you how to act, and they try to isolate you from people that try to help you, Lolly. That's what this is about, isn't it? You. Feeling worthless. So you have to be special. To fill that hole inside yourself.
3: This thing isn't here to help you. It's here to keep you tethered to it. Put it back. Sit Lolly. Put it back. I'm sorry. And Rev grips
0: the, su- the handle of the scythe with both hands. And poof! Like, a wave of, like, magical force sweeps out from Rev and ripples up the blade. And as it ripples across, like, the steel, uh, sit- Lolly, you see Lonely, like, screaming and pounding and pounding as it begins to disintegrate. Like, trapped inside this blade as Rev is killing it. Rev is killing Lonely. Like, for like for real, for real. You know what I mean? Because we're severed from the after here. And you can see, like lon- like, bits of Lonely, like, they, like, stop pounding, they, like, look at their, like, four limbs, like, their long, wrinkled fingers, and they see, like, like this dust starting to peel off, and they, they, like, look so scared, and they, like, turn back to you for, like, help. And, like, with the last of their magic, you imagine, they, like, reach through this pocket dimension that Rev has trapped them in, and they speak into your
4: head. I said, Lolly, n- no, help me, come with me. Don't leave me.
0: Do you join them? They're holding out a hand for you, like th- through the blade, and you get the sense that if you reached out, you could
3: try to hop in that scythe with Lonely. I think I stagger forward, and I start to put out a hand. Geron is going to step in between them, and I think Sitlali is going to look around at everyone, and I think. Their eyes land on Mercy last and book it for the portal.
0: You hear Mercy go, sit, Lolly," But you're, you book it through the portal that Rev opened earlier and you just you, you vanish from sight. Uh, and the last thing you hear in your head uh, is Lonely's screams of pain uh, and despair uh, as they are, as they flake out of existence.
4: No, no. Xitlali,
0: please! And they're gone. Rev stands there for a few beats, holding the scythe, right, as this thing that was inside Xitlali's soul disintegrates fully, and, like, no longer exists now. And she, like, opens up a hand, and the scythe just disappears in, like, a puff of, like, black smoke as she, like, dismisses it, right? It seems to be bound to her in some way like she can summon it at will. <sighs> Please excuse me for a moment. I'll be right back. Uh, and she turns to follow Sitlali through the portal. Mercy also moves forward to follow, but Rev, with one foot over the threshold, holds up a hand and says, This... This isn't something you should see. Who the fuck are you?! But Rev vanishes through the portal and the portal closes. Like, it just like cinches up and disappears. And I think we're gonna cut to the Weave Spun Nest. Lolly, you have a few moments of aloneness and quiet before Rev comes into the Weave Spun Nest with you. What are you doing? I try to cast a light. Okay, you're at 1 HP. You're stumbling yep. around. Yep. There's, like, some, like, votive candles, I think. Uh, the wax is so old that it's, like, become a part of the nest itself that's, like, dripping down the sides of it. So you can still see, right? You're not in complete starless darkness. Um, but it's pretty dim here. You stagger through... Uh, your your feet tripping over these like tangled roots at the bottom of the nest, right? Like the tall tops of the nest forming like a mottled crater above your head, almost like you were inside a volcano. But like the the ridges of the wall of this quote unquote volcano were like like little fingers sticking out because of all the branches and the tangled uh, roots that it's made out of. Um, you you hold out your hand, you thrust it out to cast light. Nothing's coming out. N- nothing sparking. Um. Basically, from the moment that lonely left your soul, it feels like uh, the the strings of the weave are starting to just disappear, like from within you. You're starting to lose access to your magic. I think light flickers
3: a little bit in your palm, and then it like goes out. I think they just kind of collapse on t- into a heap at one HP with no magic, <laughs> and I think they just cry for the first time in a very long time. You cry. Does your body like subconsciously like transform,
0: like to grow smaller? Yeah,
3: yeah. The height because they were in a tall face. Um, they were about six foot, and I think they shrink down to about five two. Does your armor shrink down with you too?
0: Yes. <laughs> yeah, you like you sh- you shrink down and you're like sobbing and crying and it's just you. You are you feel so utterly. Now that lonely's gone. You don't have magic. I mean, what even makes you... you? Or more than that, special? Or worthwhile anymore? It's just... you. And your own sadness. And your own loneliness. And you kneel there and you weep. You weep for what you lost. And I think that's when Rev enters. Like you hear like a boot crunch over, like some roots behind you. You hear like a noise as like the portal disappears, and you can like sense Rev's presence behind you. It doesn't feel malicious or anything like that. And you hear her voice after like a moment of of quiet as you're just crying. Go. She wants to talk to you. I
3: think I pull a dagger from my boot and I turn around without standing up. I just kind of scoot around. Who could possibly want to talk to me? You know who, Lolly. I'm not hers anymore, and if I am, then I am a disgrace.
0: And you see Rev, like, take a deep breath in, and takes, like, a abnormally long time to respond to you. It's almost like she's... You recognize the look on her face, because you can cast message, right? Or, like, you're familiar with telepathic magic. It's almost like she's talking with someone in her own head. She exhales... And when she opens her eyes, both of them are pure black. And the voice that comes out of Rev's mouth is not hers. I never sought to
4: own you, Sidlali. I only ever sought for you to walk with me in my
0: shadow.
3: And what use am I to you now? Rev steps
0: forward. Holds out a hand, and very gently cups the side of your weeping face with it. And the Raven Queen
4: says, You are Sidlali, and that is enough.
3: But I can't serve you the same way that I always have. I can't- I did that for you. I took it in for you to keep you alive. I... I am
4: so grateful that you love me so much. We gods do little to deserve the love of our mortals. I fear,
1: perhaps you love us too much,
4: but all I ever want from you, said Lolly is to be the fullest version of
0: yourself that you can be. That is worship enough.
3: Now I am nothing. Now there is nothing I can do for you. There is nothing. I... I can't heal. I can't, cat I... There's not... I don't... I am useless to you to my friends. I am useless.
0: The First Paragon War was not fought and won alone. Though in the mythologies we now tell ourselves we lionize the Paragons. They are the heroes who are remembered. But there are heroes forgotten as well. The friends the mentors, the brave adventurers, the servants, the parents, the mothers, the fathers, the children, the siblings of the Paragons, and everyone they ever loved were important as well. Without them, there is no Andake.
4: Without you, there is no Andake either and so what would you have of me now? I would have you know that
0: your worth does not hinge on what you can give other people. And the hand like travels down to your chin and like lifts it, um, trying to like lift you up onto your feet to like a standing position as well.
3: I think I would stagger, yeah. <laughs> Take of this. Uh,
0: and Rev plucks a feather off of her feather cloak and holds it out to you. And Rev as the Raven Queen moves very differently as Rev as Rev. When the Raven Queen's in control, she moves like almost like she's gliding over the ground and like every movement is fluid like water or like um, like a, a raven like preening or stretching his wings. Uh, so the Raven Queen is who hands you this feather.
3: When the time is right, you'll know what to do with it. And in the meantime, find who you are.
0: Magic does not make you, you. Magic simply reveals what you do with power. When the time is right, you'll know what to do.
3: And I think they just kind of stand there awkwardly, and they don't really know what to do with themselves.
0: The Raven Queen's hand moves from your cheek to the back of your head. Uh, and she pulls you in and kisses you on the forehead. Like, plants a kiss there, and then draws back. Uh, and with the kiss, uh, this, like, warm, dark sensation travels through you, like, like a beautiful winter night of you just, like, sitting on a porch and looking out over the darkness. This isn't like a scary kind of darkness or a frazzled, terrified kind of darkness that lonely harbored. This is a warm darkness. The blackness of void before the world was even created. The tenebrous folds of shadow that take everyone eventually in the end. And as this magic travels downward through your body, you are restored to full hit points and you regain the max hit points that you, were
3: lost, that lost, that you lost. Thank you. I don't... deserve... I am not worthy of your. Thank
0: you. You're welcome. I look forward to seeing you in my court again someday, Sipali. I have missed you. I'm sorry. There is nothing to apologize for. You may have left me, but I am always home for you. And the Raven Queen pulls back. From your forehead
3: i just kind of i am like i have like a knuckle white grip on this feather that i i don't know where to put it she's wearing a dress that's very skimpy and doesn't have pockets um (laughs) ah damn my aesthetic choices um so i just grip like grip it as tight as i can and um i just look lost I don't know what else to do, so I take a knee in front of her. I'll
0: see you again soon, child. Remember, the only way out of darkness is through it. And then the next voice that comes is very different from the Raven Queen's. <clears throat> uh, never gonna get used to that. Uh, stop kneeling. You don't have to. Don't worry, I didn't hear any of that.
3: I think they just kind of sit back on their, on their ass. They don't get up. <laughs> so is <Lally's> very tired, <laughs> emotionally. And they just kind of look around and they're like, if we were not in the nest right now, you would be hearing every curse word I have ever learned in every single language.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't blame you. I haven't even been a paragon for an Hour at this point, and I had to go and fight someone who. Never mind. I hope the two of you had a good talk.
3: Go do your duty!
0: Yeah. And you go do yours. Rev holds out a hand, the scythe rea- uh, reappears in her grip, and she cuts another circle uh, through the air. You should go. I'm expecting someone soon here in the nest. You don't have to worry about that.
3: Go back to your friends. I have a funny feeling they may not be my friends after this. (laughs) If Leaf taught me anything while she
0: was still here is that all of love is just rupture and repair. That's all it is. Rupture and repair. So go back and repair it.
3: I'm sorry for your loss. (laughs) Me
0: too she's in here now. She puts a hand over her heart. She'll always be here. And one day, when all of this is over, when Endake is whole again, somehow, I'll finally put her to rest. And I'll get the vengeance I need to do so. She nods at you and gestures at the portal back into the castle that she's cut open.
3: Sitlali puts, once one foot is over the edge of it, she just goes fucking Raven speech under her breath and then is out. Okay. As you step through,
0: we're going to cut back into the castle uh, and rewind the clock a little bit and see what Jaron and Gentle and Mercy have been up to while Sitlali and Rev are gone. So this happens immediately after, like, Rev says, I'll be back. Steps through the portal and the portal closes up. There's, like, a moment of shock in, like, the Chamber of Whispers as, like, the, the detritus of every bullshit thing that happened, like, starts to settle. But the first change that occurs is the blight that Lonely caused. As soon as, like, um, Rev wiped Lonely out of existence, basically, like, the blight started to reverse, starts to reverse itself. Right? Like, the growth starts to come back a little bit, bit by bit, right? Like, the the blackened earth starts to turn green again, but it's a real slow process. Jaron, Gentle, what do the two of you do? I just
2: kind of crash to the floor and just sit there. And I just sort of, like, pet Bud. Um, And I just start going through my medicine. I've made a medicine check, uh, and I got a 17, by the way.
0: Okay. Yeah. So how does how does your medicine work? Do you have like special equipment or is it like a component pouch or something?
2: Um, I have an herbalism kit. Uh so I just I, I think a lot of the time what we see off camera is gentle sort of researching, collecting various like roots, anything like that, making a lot of homemade t- tinctures and concoctions just to help.
0: Yeah. I think as you like open up your herbalism kit, a lot of the plants in there have withered and died from the blight. Uh, They were not spared by Lonely. Uh, And even like the newer plants that you'd harvest it from the swamp and from the Black Tongue and from your journey here in the court are like these little mushrooms and mosses are all like shriveled up. Um, And for whatever reason, maybe it's because they're not connected to the other life here. They don't seem to be coming back.
2: I just look really, really sad at that. Um, Some of these were from home. Um, Just muttering softly to myself.
1: I think Jeron will also sit down next to Gentle and kind of help looking through the medicine pack or like the herbalism kit that you have, and maybe pick out some of the ones that were from home, like are from Rose, and just pick one out and say, "I think I remember when you picked this one. Remember when? Uh, I think it was on that on that one hunt." that one winter where, for some reason, the elk were just super hard to catch.
2: Yeah. I remember I had this idea of trying to, like, crawl under, like, the snow and, like, jump out and startle them, because, I because like, I, I don't get bothered by colds, and, and that didn't work super great. Um, but it was worth a shot.
1: I mean, it was a good idea, honestly. We had run out of things to do at that point, like, I was on all fours with fake antlers and the pelts on me and everything to pretend to be an elk. It was a it was a whole thing and nothing was working. So, I mean, honestly, the whole jumping out of the snow, it could have worked.
2: We, we had a lot of um, weird ideas to catch things. I, I, I'm beginning to think we were never that good at hunting, actually. We... We're creative hunters, we're not effective hunters.
1: <laughs> okay, no, 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 gentle, no, 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 no. You're, you're looking at the best hunter in Moros, just, just so you know. Don't forget that. I'm also a hunter, though. Okay, so you're, like, second best.
2: One of us can breathe underwater and can outrun you, and it's me.
1: One of us sounds exactly like animals, though, like perfect memory. like
2: one when you can just when you can keep up with one. You need to set traps if I can just outrun one.
1: Yeah, but outrunning one doesn't really help you catch it, does it?
2: I mean, but you can just like sort of like grab it. It's like giving it a hug. I mean, I normally don't actually uh, take them down but it's still kind of cool to prove that I can do it.
1: And that's why you're the second best hunter in Morose. You don't saying. take the animals down.
2: Oh, well if I had to I could, but I just don't I don't have to. You you take care of the, the hard part. You've always been able to do the stuff that I'm not good at. It's nice.
1: Hey, I mean, to be fair, there's so much that you can do that I can't do. Like all of the the healing stuff, I have absolutely no idea how to do it. I can I can cut a bitch. Very easily, but I genuinely do not know how to suture a wound or splint a broken arm or anything like that. So,
2: well, somebody, in order to prove they were the best hunter, kept getting hurt, and somebody needed to make sure they knew how to heal somebody before we got home and got in trouble for it.
1: Yeah, yeah, someone definitely, uh-huh. someone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Couldn't be me. Couldn't be me.
2: I mean, who else was hanging out with me? The ear leaves the only kid weird enough to hang out with Gentle.
1: Only like a little weird. Not that weird.
2: You, like, you you were also a weird kid. You were just not as weird because I I was the weird kid.
1: Gentle, are you saying people didn't like me? No,
2: of course people liked you. You're, you're you. Like... I mean, you could have been a lot cooler if you didn't hang out with me.
1: No, no. I think I think it was cooler because I hung out with you. Like look at that kid who can breathe underwater. Who can do that, right?
2: Not special.
1: I don't know. Not a lot of the other kids could do it. At least not well. They passed out a lot. At
2: some point I should tell you something, but nah, I don't. Today's tiring.
1: It's a lot. Uh, excuse me.
0: Pardon the intrusion. Uh and Cutting in on the scene, on the cusp of <laughs> Gentle oh saying that they were going to reveal something, uh, is Duke Root Sweetbreeze. Uh, the human man in his like late 20s, maybe early 30s, with like, if you forget what he looks like, because a lot has happened, dark brown skin, this long black hair that's braided like up and down, uh, and these like deep red robes, uh, broad and welcoming face with these full lips. He comes up to you, says, I, I couldn't help but notice you had a medicine pouch do you mind if i take a look at that
3: uh ch- sure um
2: yeah just be careful some of it's a little uh rare and trying to salvage what i have
0: of course of course i understand uh he takes it from you opens it up and ah uh, makes like a sad noise i'm so sorry to see that they were affected and they don't seem to be coming back uh, is that a winter berry from morose i love those
2: I- i'm from morose. Uh, my mask is, of course, still on. I need to make that clear.
0: Of course, yeah. Uh, Well, I just have a little bit of magic left, I think. There are rumors that they might flee from us any day now, but I I think this is important. (sighs) And he breathes on the herbal pouch, and as he breathes into it, like, uh, the herbs inside revive uh and they like turn green again like the berries turn bright again they plump up instead of being shriveled right like even like the rare delicate grasses that like need to be like controlled at a very certain temperature right like crinkle back to life right and he he hands you your herbalism kit back to you um completely restored to its previous state here
2: um why like thank you thank you like thank you, thank you but why why me? You said you don't know you'll have any more magic?
0: <laughs> well, it's all about when and why we use our magic now, right? And this just didn't feel like the right time and place for those herbs to die. Yeah,
2: and they can help a lot of people still, so, and I mean, it's, we're still on the middle of our journey, so that would be great a great time to keep keep them good for people who need them as we keep going. It's a good idea. Thank you.
0: Of course. You're very welcome. And I, I hope this isn't out of place or out of turn, but I was very touched by how you tried to intervene to stop your friend from hurting herself.
2: That's why I was looking through uh, my pouch. I know that they'll be back in a little bit, and I know they're probably mad at me, and I understand why, but I wanted to make sure I could help fix them up after that fight. So I was hoping, that, and, and now I can. Uh, so I'll be ready. So thank you um, for helping me help my friends.
0: Of course. You're very welcome. Um,
2: I, I think I, like, lift the mask a little. I think I lift the mask, like, a little bit. Just to, like, see my eyes. They're still a little puffy and red, but mm-hmm. I, I guess I should say hi. I'm gentle. Um, hi.
0: Hi. I'm Root. I'm a duke here, and there are certain behaviors I should be undertaking, certain words I should and shouldn't be saying, but, well, these times call for special measures, I think. We don't do ourselves any favors by being closed off and kicking outsiders out from the court. I think that now is the time, more than ever, to stand stronger together. So, I, as Duke of the Court of Winter, welcome you, gentle, and of course, you, Geron, and you, Mercy, and your friends at Lolly, if and when they do return, to the court. I'm so sorry you had to be under these circumstances, but I, personally, am very pleased to have you here, and to have met you.
2: I think I lift the mask all the way, and I'm just like... I'm glad someone else wants to make more friends, honestly, it's... It's nice to have someone who else wants to focus on building things together instead of I don't know. It's thank you for just wanting to make friends. Of course. So tired.
0: No, I completely understand. Not to uh what's the phrase in common? Uh be a downer, perhaps? Uh not to be a downer, but I would like to share just a a quick anecdote, if you will. When I was a child growing up in the court, um, there was a terrible rash of alligator, crocodile attacks uh, in the swamp, and quite a few of the members of my village died. There was a particularly large crocodile until a monster hunter came by and took care of the problem for us, but in those terrifying eight days, the attacks lasted a week. I saw people turn on each other, dark, terrible, violent times reveal who we truly are. But I also saw people help each other, bandage each other's wounds, step up, sway the crowd toward logic and and kindness. So I just sort of see, I suppose, the wake of the cataclysm as the wake of that big crocodile attack. Some of us are going to turn on each other, we're going to lash out, we're going to beat each other down, but some of us are going to reach out and try to form bridges, and I hope you'll be one of those people.
3: Of
2: course. Um, oh, and I I think I I forgot to introduce you to Bud.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, hello there, Bud. It's nice to meet you. Can I touch your head? Arf, arf! All right, uh, and root like ruffles like the the fur between Bud's ears, and Buff goes ah, 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 ah is like nuzzling into it. Uh, do you mind if I try something on Bud? Sure,
2: my mask completely off now, like off my head because Bud trusts.
0: Yep, Bud is Bud trusts everyone. I think is like ah, ah, and like as as Bud root ruffles intelligence that's true bud does have emotional intelligence uh root does the same thing takes a deep lungful and then breathes on bud's face and buzz is like "Ah, breath breath that's nice breath you smell nice big man big tall man hello huh
2: what
0: huh what
2: bud can can you talk
0: what bud talk (laughs) me talk i'm talking what? Uh and Bud does like a place stance <laughs> and like 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 paws hit the ground, tail goes erect. I'm talking? What's happening? Thoughts coming out? Sentience?
2: Oh this is the best and worst day ever. Bud, you could talk. I could talk to you now. I can like, talk, talk,
0: you can talk, talk back. Talk.
1: talk back.
2: Bud Talk back to you. Can you say gentle?
1: Gentle
0: is your name. Name a friend. Gentle. And you are Drawn! Dron.
1: Can we all hear?
0: Yes. Yes. Whatever Root did seems to have granted Bud a, a degree of greater sentience and the ability to communicate with a
1: language. Oh my god. God, where? 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 Hi, Bud. You, you can talk now? Talk now? Talk
0: now? Ow. Ow!
1: <laughs> oh my gosh, Bud, you have to tell me everything. Everything, 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 smells, so many smells, tail, tail, tail. And Bud
0: starts chasing it.
2: Beautiful. I look at Ruth. how do I thank you for that? But but I can talk now, like... (sighs)
0: Uh, (laughs) you're welcome. Uh, perhaps you can thank me with a cup of tea? I don't know how much longer you're going to be staying here in the court, but...
2: Alright, what's your favorite flavor? I have, I have a lot, um, like, uh.
0: Monkey Tail Green Tea.
2: Um, when, when?
0: How about in an hour? Just in I time for I look at Jaron,
2: in, in Mercy, like, give a thumbs up, like, this is cool, right?
0: Mercy has been, s- has been talking with Rhyme. This entire time. I think in like low hushed tones. I don't think you overhear her conversation. But as you turn around, she turns as well and says, uh what? Uh yeah, sure. Yeah, whatever. It's it's one sec. And she goes back to talking with rhyme. It seems to be something kinda serious, maybe. They seem to be conversing in low tones.
2: Not important. But to talk <laughs> by the way, Mercy.
0: What? Uh yeah, sure, that's great. <laughs> she turns back to talk to Rhyme.
2: <laughs> but you should say something to Mercy in a little bit. It'll, it'll be really funny. Um yeah, absolutely. Um, it's, if as long if if Sitlali's not back by that time, if I might have to postpone it. If they're, if they're not back,
1: don't worry. We'll make sure that Gentle has time. <laughs> I'd appreciate that.
0: I'd love to learn more about you and and of course yourself. Uh, like he turns politely to like also loop you in on this conversation, Chiron.
1: Don't worry. I've got I've got plans for an hour. I yeah. I don't think I'll be able to make it. <laughs> Of course. Well, the castle
0: is vast and full of hidden secrets and little nooks and crannies of court, culture, and history, so I'm sure you'll have much to occupy yourself with. It's wonderful to meet the two of you. It was nice to meet you, too.
2: Yeah.
0: It's also wonderful to meet you, Bud. Uh, Just, gentle, don't let the power go to Bud's head, okay? It's just something I've noticed in various animals I've awakened. They start to hyper-focus on the fact that they can speak, and that sometimes plunges them into an existential crisis, so that's something to watch out for, just, just so you know.
2: I think I'm, I'm going to let him have a, one day, and then we'll, we'll actually start doing <laughs> lessons. I've been training him very diligently for since, since I've, I've had him.
0: Good. Perfect. Well, I'll see you in an hour. Jaron, gentle. Yeah. Bud. Uh, and Root walks off to go back to the other Dexai, who are all sort of like, look at like the teen and the kid are like looking, <laughs> you know, they're like leaned over. They've been like eavesdropping and listening into on this whole conversation. As Root goes back, like Bloom, the tiefling goes, ooh, as like Root comes back and Root like punches uh, Bloom, Bloom in, in the elbow. And that's when poof, a portal's cut open and Sitlali steps through muttering fuck under her breath. Uh, and behind Sitlali is Rev, who announces the arrival, uh, with, excuse me, I won't be coming back, Dexai, uh, uh, later tonight I'll be back, but there's something I have to attend to in a couple of hours. I'll see you all soon. And she, like, inclines her head, and then closes up the portal, and disappears behind it, leaving only Sitlali in her wake.
2: Roll a medicine check to check on you. 24.
0: Sitlali is totally fine. Like, whatever happened in the nest, like, is like physically is, like, fully, like,
3: replenished in every sense of the word.
2: I get up and I'm just like, uh, do you need any tea that will help?
3: I think Sitlali, like, turns to look for the portal. There's no portal, fuck, uh, hmm. I think they ignore Gentle and they go to the deck eye and they just, like, prostrate themselves. Wordlessly, Like, they don't say shit.
0: That's when Rhyme finally steps away from Mercy, and Mercy, ugh, like, stepped forward to get to you, but before she could, you've prostrated yourself. The Dexia eye all turned to, like, face you, right? Standing, like, a semicircle around you. And Duchess Rhyme Starwing says, Rise, child of the
3: Raven Queen. And then come up to one knee.
0: I take it that whatever transpired between yourself... And the Paragon of the Raven Queen is not for our ears to hear, which I understand. Now that you're back here in one piece, restored to your full health, I can only assume that the Paragon and yourself have reached an agreeable conclusion to your disagreement. If it is agreeable to the Paragon of the Raven Queen, then it is agreeable to the Dexai
3: of the court. Rise fully they do so very slowly. And the three of you would notice that they are 5'2 now. (laughs) They still have the, like, courts look, but they are 5'2. Mother, should we talk about
0: court regulations regarding punishments and sacrilege? No, child. You must forgive, Spider, They don't mean it personally. They are well-studied in the ways of the priests uh, of the Raven Queen, as you yourself would know, Sidlali. No. Or rather, I don't personally think so. I am with Duke Root Sweetbreeze. Now is a time for union, not discord. Yes, justice must, must be sought and delivered. But those that you have transgressed against, Sidlali, have clearly forgiven you or at the very least, bear no ill will against you, so it is not our place to seek out further vengeance or quote-unquote justice for what you have done. The blight is being restored. The
3: injuries have been cured. Fear nothing from us, child. I just kind of stand and turn and try to walk out the door. Without talking to anyone, just gonna try and leave immediately. Vrime chimes in one last time
0: as he turned to leave. Uh, Siblali, I don't know why exactly you're traveling with (coughs) Mercy, hey, but I do know that it must be for good reason. However, if at any point in the four of your journey... You discover that you're in need of respite, hospitality, wisdom, a place to stay. The court
3: is always open. They just sort of nod, bow awkwardly, and then try to book it out of the room.
0: <laughs> yeah, Mercy goes, uh, it's good to catch up, Rhyme. Uh, it's good to meet all of you, Root, Bloom, Spider. Uh,. Okay, yeah,
1: we'll see you later. Uh, Bye, yeah. Uh, So, Lali. Jeron what is it? Hold on, hold on. Uh, I think, like, a light bulb goes off in Jeron's head as they remember what was happening before all of this mess. Um, and they remember that the Dexai were in the middle of a sentence. The Paragons are not here to save Andake. They are here to... De- and so Jeron is just going to kind of step forward gingerly and ask, Dexai, I know that we don't have the paragon of the Raven Queen with us, but we are our, we are on our own quest to find a different paragon. And the information that you were about to share with the Raven Queen's paragon earlier could be useful to this other paragon. Uh, yes, I informed Mercy
0: in confidence, but... I shall tell you all now. The paragons are not back. They're not here to save Olive protect her, reverse the effects of the cataclysm, and save the world. They are here to die for her. Only through the sacrifice of all eight paragons of the eight can Andake be fully restored to its former state? It is the <laughs> greatest, You're kidding, gift right? I'm not. It is a blessing and a gift to die in service of the Raven Queen. And we know that the paragon of her will do us proud. Yep, which is what I wanted to tell Sitlali uh, about in, you know, private, uh, surprise.
1: Good thing you're not actually the Paragon of the Raven Queen, right? No, I think you have it wrong. That's not what the stories say. The omens were clear. Who- who- who told you this information?
0: Uh, is that one raising their hand? You may speak freely, child.
2: Is it a, a bit more of an interpretive work? Maybe- maybe- maybe sacrifice means, like, to- to begin something anew- uh, Mm-hmm.
1: To give up something else that is not something important to them. Yes, that's their not lives. their life.
2: Is it metaphor, though?
0: Uh, though th- the omens and the portents of the Raven Queen are often metaphorical, this one is quite clear. I received it myself. And as Sitlali would know, before Leif mentored her, I mentored Leif. I know this omen well. I interpreted it myself. The paragons are meant to die in service of Andake. It is a beautiful way to die.
1: I think Joran's breathing starts to get really heavy at this point, and they... Nope. 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 No, no, no. That, that can't be right. Their omens can be changed. The future can be rewritten. Child,
0: just as Destiny has not chosen Sibali to be the paragon of the Raven Queen, but rather put them on their own path of self-discovery, this omen cannot be undone. It is the way. There is no other path forward, out of the Abyss.
1: No, uh, there has to be. The only way there is. out of darkness is through it child. Yeah, through it. And then you come out the other side where there's light again, right? Right? For all of Endake, yes. For the
0: Paragons. They will be in the light of their gods. Why do the three of you look so startled? It is not a bad thing. It is not a scary thing. It is not a terrible thing. It is a beautiful glorious thing.
2: One of our friends is a paragon.
0: I was not aware that yourselves and Miss Revenant were
1: so close.
2: No, uh, our friend Oka. Uh,
1: Oka's not a paragon. We have it wrong.
0: Uh, no. yep, that's uh, <laughs> uh, Rhyme, that's not anything we. We don't have to talk about this stuff. Thank you for the information, Rhyme. Hound, should we uh.
4: Can we uh, well,
0: convene outside and maybe talk, talk a bit? I
2: have to be have be back here in an hour.
0: That's fine. I just want to do a quick parlay with the three of you, if that's all right. We'll be back in an hour or whatever amount of time. Uh, Kionz?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: All right, let's... We'll be back. Cold an hour. Uh, and Mercy turns gestures for the three of you to follow her. She strides... She's, like, power-walking the fuck, like, out of this... Chamber of Whispers. She takes you on down the stairs. She doesn't say anything. She's walking fast, like down, 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 down—a hundred feet worth of like a flight of stairs, right? Like down, 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 all the way to the bottom floor, wordless. At this point, I think all three of you are like huffing it. You're sweating a bit. You're like, it's nice, honestly, to like work out some of this anxiety through like physical exertion. Not gonna lie. And she exits. The castle. Uh, the doors fling open, and poof, like the windy bluff right of the Sigirni Sea, a thousand feet below, like poof, sh- like winds rush up and like buffet your hair and your clothes. She leads you down like the big front steps, um, around the back of the castle, actually, um, as like the sunless light is like shining grayly through these thick blankets of clouds above your heads, uh, to the edge, kind of like to the edge of the uh, of the cliff, at the back of the castle where you definitely will have privacy from, like, prying eyes and ears of various servants and even, like, spy ravens, perhaps, inside the court. Um. And she pauses at the very edge of the bluff, right, the edge of this cliff. <sighs> she starts pacing and stops and turns to face the three of you and Bud. So, Rhyme is pretty confident about her omens and... Knowing Rhyme, her omens are usually correct, but it doesn't have to mean anything. Joran's right, Oka might not even be
1: the paragon of Sen, like I've been saying this entire time. It's someone they're traveling with, it's not them. They must it have they must be. have met Sen's paragon on the way. It has to be wherever they no went, other way.
0: It, if that it's not that Oka. Bird man, that dirty bird man. Maybe that's the paragon of Sen. Or that elf. That elf woman. She looks like some sort of huckster. Maybe she's the paragon of sin. Yes, gentle, you can put your hand down.
2: You said usually has has she been wrong before?
0: She uh, she hasn't been wrong per se. It's more like she hasn't foreseen big things that happened. She didn't foresee everything happening with Mi- uh, Rev and Leaf. She didn't foresee that. No one foresaw that. Not
1: even Leaf. She didn't even see her own demise.
3: So she didn't foresee
1: chance. the cataclysm.
2: So there's a chance.
1: There, she think? can't foresee the paragons coming back to life. Maybe if, th- or them not dying. They're exactly
0: there. There might be some sort of loophole there. But this doesn't even matter because it's not our friend. It's not Oka. It's not Oka. It, it can't it be is,
2: Oka. But no, it's, it not, is. No, gentle, it it's is. not. No, it's not. No, Geron, 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 Geron. You know I love you. You know, you know I love you. It's Oka, and that's okay. That's step one. But. Now the next step is we move forward with the idea of how do we save Oka. Uh, and we don't need to save Oka. Stop saying
1: that. We don't need to save Oka. I'm withdrawn here.
2: They're my friend.
1: I they don't save need you. because they're not the paragon. They are fine. And it's,
0: it's whoever they're their with, party. Exactly. We just we yeah. have to find them to tell them this,
1: right? Why don't
2: we save a friend of Oka's then?
1: We will. We we'll can do that. Great. But we're not saving Oka. Because What's they the don't need saving.
2: What's the difference?
1: The difference is, is it's not Oka, it's Oka's friend.
2: That's still a person to save. That's still a paragon to save.
1: Fine. Then we'll save Oka's friend. But we're
0: all agreed it's not Oka. Sit Lolly, you've been quiet. What do you think?
3: I don't think it matters what I
0: think. Sit Lolly. Look, I-, I don't know what happened in the weave spun nest, but I f- saw the ...thing that was taken out of you. And it was- it was for the best. I think Joran and Gentle would agree with me. It was- it was the right thing to have happened. And... (sighs) Fuck it. This is a new chapter, right? No more of this bullshit bravado and... Look how far that's gotten us. How far that's gotten me. I- (sighs) Paragons are real. They're pure, they're in danger, and they're the only thing that can save Endake, right? And one of them is with our friend. And I, I can't... <sighs> I can't do this alone. I... I need the three of you here. I... I <sighs> feel so fucking stupid saying this, but... It's true. I mean, talking with Rhyme and Selim and... Unme, and Jikyat, and even Bravi. What she said was cruel, but it was true. I can't keep just collecting broken shards of people and breaking them even further to make myself feel better, because where is that going to? Where's that gonna end up? And Mercy says that last bit kind of at Sitlali, like looks at you, um, but she holds out like a hand for you, Sitlali. Lolly, I need to amend what I said earlier. It's not a like. That's not the only way I feel about you. I, and she's like, she's like reaching out a hand for you. Do you take it?
3: Mercy, I'm useless now. No, you're not. I can't do magic anymore. Neither can Geron.
0: Sorry, Geron. Geron gives Mercy a look. I don't mean that <sighs> in a bad way. I, I can't do magic either. Maybe a past... Yeah, but you have other skills. So do you. You're not defined by your magic. Maybe a me before we... Before I started to get to know you better would have thought that. But I don't think that anymore. I don't. Will you... Will all of you... Will all of you join me on this... This sounds so fucking corny and I hate myself for saying this, but new chapter of the Hounds, I guess.
3: I take Mercy's hand. Gentle.
2: I'd like to say I'm I'm glad that you're back, Sitlali, and I'm sorry. But also, I'm glad that you're you. That's all I... I, You're my friend because you're you.
1: I think Jaron puts, like, an arm around Sitlali's shoulders. We're all each other half, right? I think Sitlali flinches at that. I think, like, if Sil'Ali flinches and John's gonna, like, hesitate and, like, maybe pull back a little and, like, just put a hand on their shoulder instead. If
0: I may. I think these interactions occur and then that's when, like, Sil'Ali reaches out to, like, hold Mercy's hand. Um, but as you're reaching out to Mercy and all of you, like, this is the first time you've seen Mercy this vulnerable, I think, in a lot of ways. But, like, the appearance of Rev... And the revelation that, like, paragons are meant to die seems to have, like, shaken her really deeply. Also seeing Rhyme again, like, there's a lot happening for Mercy. And, like, she's in the state of, like, flux and change. And it's, like, a bunch of, like, built-up, pent-up emotions from all of the previous exes. And all of the previous things that have happened that are seeming to coalesce into almost like a breakthrough moment for her. (sighs) Her face opens up. She reaches out for (sighs) Sitlali. Great. Then there's something I need to tell you about- (gasps) Uh, as shooting up a thousand feet from the ocean below, a fucking arrow pierces through her, uh, through her right shoulder. What the? And then another arrow pierces through her other shoulder and she stumbles backward. And you all see that the blood slick tips of the arrows seem to be poisoned. Like, they're, like, also drooping with this, like, black venom. Uh, And Mercy at the Cliff's Edge tips over. Podcast editing is by Marissa Ewing of Hemlock Creek Productions. Transplaner RPG is proudly sponsored by at Dimitri Opines on Twitter and explaintrade.com, a negotiation skills training consultancy, because you can't ask to roll persuasion in real life. Check out explaintrade.com! Please consider giving us a 5-star rating on Apple Podcasts. This helps so much with getting new listeners to find us. New podcast episodes drop every Tuesday. If you can't wait that long, tune into our live stream Saturdays at 7pm US Central Time on Twitch at TransPlanarRPG. Also, toss us a follow on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and YouTube at TransPlanarRPG. We also have a Patreon. Patrons get early access to episodes, character sheets, high-res art, and much, much more. And finally, a very special thank you to our Patreon paragons Alex, ozora Bradley, Brookbright, Charles, Chiacres, Cora Eckert, Emma, Hat, Conding, Lex Later, Marvelous, Purple Mouse, Scruffesis, and Target.